0: It's Fully Threaded Radio, episode
1: 158. Bro, I bought canned oxygen. I'm not letting anything get in my way.
2: I had to stop my dog (laughs) from attacking a mailman. So, Jake, what kind of dancing do you do?
3: It's time for Fully Threaded Radio.
4: It is Fully Threaded Radio, voice of the mighty FCH Sourcing Network. This is the predominantly fastener-related talk radio podcast preferred by almost 9 out of 10 fastener professionals who listen to fastener talk radio, and we're so glad you clicked in. Hey everyone, Eric Dudas here, and the co-host of Fully Threaded is with me as well. He's lifetime honorary Texan and fastener taxonomist extraordinaire, Mr. Brian Musker. Hey, Brian. You doing all right? A taxonomist. Interesting.
5: Okay. That's cool. I'm doing fine. I mean, any time that you can go outside in
4: November and not freeze is terrific to me. I didn't say taxidermist.
5: Ah, right. No,
4: no, no, taxonomist, you know, with the fastener taxonomy that you do every day of your life. I know. I was looking (laughs) for squirrels. You're right.
5: Wrong, wrong
4: thing. Okay. (laughs) Well, glad to hear you're doing well, my friend. And uh, it's another episode. In fact, it's episode 158 of the podcast. We're publishing on November 21st, 2020 this time. And we're going to break with tradition, everyone. We've got a late-breaking story. We got it after Mike McNulty had recorded the Fastener News Report. So we're going to just jam it in here at the top. What do you think, Bri? Well, why not? Here it is.
6: And now with a special addition to this month's Fastener News Report, we have two late-breaking stories. The first one is that the Home Depot has entered into a definitive agreement to acquire HD Supply Holdings, a distributor of MRO products with 44 distribution centers in 25 U.S. states and two Canadian provinces. Craig Meniar, Home Depot chairman and CEO, said, quote, The MRO customer is highly valued by the Home Depot, and this acquisition will position the company to accelerate sales growth by better serving both existing and new customers in a highly fragmented $55 billion marketplace, end quote. Under the terms of the merger agreement, a subsidiary of the Home Depot will pay approximately $8 billion in cash for all outstanding HD supply common stock. Many in the fastener industry will recall that in 2007, the Home Depot sold HD Supply to a group of private equity firms. And in 2013, the company went public, now trading on the NASDAQ. And then the second story comes to us from Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear as he reports that Stanley Engineered Fastening plans to create 49 high-paying jobs for Kentuckians by way of a $6 million expansion that will add 30,000 square feet to the existing 250,000 square foot Hopkinsville's Kentucky Stanley facility. The expansion will allow the operation to absorb another Stanley-engineered fastening facility, grow the current business, and expand into other products. Once complete, the expansion will elevate the plant's total employment to 205 workers. Work on the project starts this month and is expected to be finished by July 2021. Established in 1966, the Hopkinsville facility produces a variety of brackets, plugs, fasteners, inserts, bolts, nuts, rivets, and screws. This has been Mike McNulty with a special edition to this month's Fastener News Report. Wow, that's huge.
5: HD Supply was way up there in the industrial distribution big 50 list. As we learned last episode, we were listening, especially the 9 out of 10 <laughs> <the>
4: people, okay? <laughs> we don't want to know what the other guy is doing, but uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, HD Supply was number four on the big 50 list, just ahead of Fastenal, so that is huge. Yeah,
5: well, I'm glad we got that in ahead of publishing then. So Mark McNulty is always focused. So it must be there's nothing to do with bears to sort of distract them at the moment.
4: <laughs> That's right, Bri, focus. I know. That is, that is McNulty. Now, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the segue needs to be here with the YFP, but uh, somehow they're focused. I don't know if it's on fasteners, but during today's feature segment, we've got a group of young fastener professionals, including YFP member of the year, Jesse Salt. She's joined by current YFP president, Jake Glazer, along with YFP poster boy and gladiator, London Penland from Eurolink, Bri. So uh, during the feature segment today, we handed the FTR microphones over to to this group of YFPers to see what would happen. You're going to love it. The annual Hall of Fame Awards took place during Emerald's recent online meet and match event, which I was honored to participate in, and this year's honors went to John Cowboy Walkman and Tim O'Keefe of GL Hewitt. In case you missed it, or even if you didn't, you'll want to have a listen to the condensed version of the ceremony that we've put together for you today. There's much wisdom to be gathered from these two gentlemen, and we'll kick the show off with that. Of course, Mike McNulty will return with another edition of the Fastener News Report. This time, he has Alex Chisofsky of ITR Economics with him to pour over the latest FDI numbers, which aren't too shabby, by the way, Bri. Yeah, I know. Yeah, surprisingly, given it was
5: like just a few days before the election.
4: Yeah, crazy timing on that, and we'll have to see next month, of course, but uh, there's quite a bit that goes on during this edition of the Fastener News Report. Mike kind of takes it off into some different directions. It's kind of a show unto itself again. It's going to be good. Yep. During Carmen Vertulo's Fastener Training Minute, he makes a very important point about points, and he makes very sure that you get the point. Listen in, and you'll hear what I mean. Okay. Okay. And the point of having sponsors is that they keep us on the air, so to speak. We couldn't do it without them. Brian, fill us in. You're right.
5: We're very glad that we have the title sponsors of Fully Threaded, being Stillfast, Brighton Best International, and Goebel Fasteners. Stillfast, for service you deserve and people you trust. Brighton Best International, tested, tried, and true. Goebel Fasteners, quality the first time. We're also lucky to have the following sponsors. Buckeye Fasteners, BTM Manufacturing, Eurolink Fastener Supply Service, InSQL Software, ND Industries, Parker Fasteners, Vault Industrial Plastics, Worth Industry North America, and Solution Industries, home of Solution Man. So thanks to all of you. Um, We're glad we have your sponsors. And if you're a listener, just make sure that you think about these companies and preferentially buy from them, okay?
4: They're helping to bring this to you. It's true. The sponsors of FTR also keep the FCH sourcing network afloat, along with some of the other things that we do for and with the industry, including the Fastener Distributor Index. So let them know you appreciate it, everyone. We count on you for that. Right. And we count on them for things like Oh, occasional beer at the Las Vegas show and all sorts of things like that. Gloves, monkeys, you name it.
7: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> the checks aren't bad either, but, you know, it's a package. <laughs> <laughs> right. Costs a lot to keep these servers running, folks. You wouldn't believe it. Oh, brother, the situation I got right now with next year's license, price. Anyway, we'll keep that off the show. It's great to have a podcast, and it's great to have you in the audience, everyone. Let us know what you think of the show, the email address, FTR at fullythreaded.com. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to kick off with the Hall of Fame presentation in its condensed form when we get back from the break. But I'm wondering, how did you enjoy the Emerald meet and Match? It was quite an event. Yeah, it was, you know, and I, um, Morgan put a lot of work into it, and
5: um, it was rewarded. I was sort of—I didn't quite know how it was going to go off—but my overall view is it needs a little bit of tweaking in some things. But it's probably the closest, the best presentation or best piece of software that we've had that sort of mimics a show. We all know it's not the same as a show—you sit around and talk to people—but it was—it was a good attempt at getting something workable. Uh, my only comment the only comments that are negative or not we're not totally positive with that in the mechanism of a show is that you basically have booths and you go and talk to whoever happens to be standing in a booth at any one moment you don't really in the head go and book up a time to talk to someone and in the way this thing worked basically you made connections with people not with not with the companies that were manning a booth right right and so Lynn would, You know, make a lot of the connections, and they're all very good. But I had no visibility to those. Whereas if it was in a booth, you'd all, you'd be whoever was there. You would be the person you'd communicate with. And that is the only sort of negative comment I had about it. I think it needs a bit of a rework on how they think of what how how show works. But things that you could do, like breaking out to Zoom meetings, you know, for the the Hall of Fame and some of the other training sessions and the presentations um i I thought that was great i liked it
4: well i i agree with all that i think overall it was a success and it was an experiment and a lot of people were pleasantly surprised i know of one person who had 10 meetings lined up with all his suppliers and he loved it and of course he took it seriously and he lined them all up and of course they were all there not saying all his suppliers were there but he made the most out of the event and i suppose my biggest reaction is that emerald needs to find a way to bump up the number of distributors walking the virtual halls and i know that that's the challenge and they're working on it they did a very good job and hopefully if there is a next time it's even better it wasn't bad but i would say that that for me was the weakness. So I counted about in the vicinity of 60 exhibitors. And I really had no way of knowing how many people were signed up as attendees. But I will tell you that during the breakout sessions that I was a participant in, we had really nice registration and it blew away what you would get in person at an in-person event. Oh, yeah, I could understand that, yeah, because
5: (laughs) someone's got to man the booth, okay? And so you just didn't take any meetings for those times, appointments, those times when the uh, presentations are on, especially the ones you wanted
4: to uh, be part of. Yeah, well, maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but we made a couple of connections, and we got several inquiries from people who really weren't appropriate for us. Um, you know, there were several Asian suppliers, for example, working the uh, you know the event, uh, which is proper. I mean, that's how you generate business, but yep. for us, it wasn't really a, a right connection. Anyway, overall, we were happy with it. Oh no, I think it was.
5: I think it was very good.
4: I mean, the only. Danny- problem is that if you were having
5: a meeting with someone else and you had another one coming up, it was real hard to shut one off and you couldn't have no way of telling the person you were having your next meeting with that you were delayed or something. Or uh, this, this is just technology, okay? There's things that they need to think about a little bit better. Overall, their mechanism was slick. It actually worked easier than you would think just by starting it off, you know? Lots of us had questions, and once we had our first talk to someone else or your first meeting, it was actually easy.
4: Right, you had to dive in. Well, it's clear that it wasn't a substitute, but it's a thing, and it's what we have right now. So there there you go. There's our summary. And we've got a lot of follow-up to that today on the podcast, as we've said, with the Hall of Fame and then the uh, YFP. And, of course, McNulty will have his take during the fastener news report later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you weren't there, folks, you'll get a little taste of it, but you definitely should think about attending next time around. All right. So it's a, a good uh, attempt, Morgan. Okay. Worth the effort. And Morgan does do a lot for the show, and uh, but he's got a whole team working with him also. And by and large, they're very helpful, and they take their job very seriously. Yeah. So there's our summary. All right. We'll dive into the Hall of Fame when we return from a break, folks, and we'll be back to release the Kraken on this one faster than you can strip ahead on a grade two slotted.
5: Jeez. <laughs> it's fully threaded. Don't you near in my car, thank you. <laughs> two men, one server, a fastener dog, and a stunning lack of more lucrative alternatives. It's
4: fully threaded radio. <laughs> Stellfast customers say it all. My name's Chris Jones. I'm the operations manager at Sunpack Incorporated in Florida. We certainly rely on Stellfast as one of our prime vendors. We view them more as a partner than just a vendor. And that relationship just seems to build and build year after year. Uh, we do a little bit more business and have a very open line of communication. They've been a great partner. They've been good to us. So yeah, we're very happy. For service you deserve and people you trust, it's StealthFast.
5: Your tools, first and foremost, must be reliable no matter what line of work you're in. They should perform consistently and be intended to make the job easier for the consumer. Ergonomically designed for reduced fatigue on the body and longer use on the job site. The Goebel Riveting Tool Family provides this. Whether you choose from our cordless battery, manual, or pneumatic hydraulic tool options, all our tools provide the optimum power and reliability needed for fatigue-free work. Our most important attribute is the assurance that our tools are reliable and provide a solid level of craftsmanship. Quality, the first time.
4: Global fasteners,
0: At Brighton Best, we continue to expand our wide range of products, including stainless steel and metric fasteners. Our family of brands include preferred, U.S. Anchor, and ironclad performance wear. BBI has been a trusted partner since 1925. With award-winning hand tools, gloves, and drywall screws, BBI is the largest master distributor of fasteners in the USA. Tested, tried, and true, we are Brighton Best. To learn more about Brighton Best, visit brightonbest.com.
4: Hey, this is Clayton Allen from Buckeye Fasteners in Cleveland, Ohio,
8: and you're listening to Fully Threaded Radio.
9: Hi, everyone. Thank you all for joining us for IFE's first ever virtual event, Match and Meet. We are excited to continue our tradition in hosting the annual Hall of Fame and Young Fastener Professional Award Ceremony. We have some well-deserved inductees this year, and I know the anticipation is building to find out who the 2020 winners are going to be. So at this time, I would like to introduce our host, Eric Dudas, to make the big announcements.
3: Thank you all again for attending, and we can't
4: wait to see you next year in Vegas. Over to you, Eric. Thanks, Morgan. It's good to be with you again, everyone. Eric Dudas here for the Emerald Expositions 2020 Fastener Industry Hall of Fame Induction Presentation. I'm presenting today from the fully threaded radio studio in the heart of the fastener industry, Cleveland, Ohio. Of course, the virtual home of the industry is wherever you're watching right now. With the online format this year, you'll notice our inductees will be keeping their remarks on the brief side. So if you've attended these events at the Vegas show in the past, this one will go by in a flash. The number of inductees this year has been set by Emerald at two names. And now, for the moment we've all come for, I get to say those hallowed words that make all award shows what they are. The envelope, please. Four the Fastener Industry Hall of Fame 2020. Number one, for his exemplary and tireless work advancing the cause of education with the Fastener Training Institute and repeatedly getting back on that horse at Desert Distribution, it's Mr. Cowboy, John Walkman. Way to go, John. And our second, the For meritorious conduct in his wildly successful business dealings, for his many generous efforts towards the advancement of the careers of many in the industry, and for his numerous articles, writings, and work with the associations, our second inductee of the Fastener Industry Hall of Fame for 2020 is from GL Hewitt, middle of nowhere Kansas, Mr. Tim (laughs) O'Keefe. She knew that when was coming, Mr. (laughs) Jamie Lawrence of APK Industrial Products is here now to introduce John Walkman.
3: Hello, my fastener friends. Today, we're here to talk about John Walkman. John, if you don't know, hails from New York, and he started his fastener career actually on a drafting board. There, drafting away by the hours, he gained an interest in mechanical fasteners and components. And moving on from there, he actually went to a marine company that built chains for anchors for ships. And, of course, this was a heavy weight upon John's head and back. So he said, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to go to Gesipa. And Gazipa is where he started his fastener career, from Gesipa to Cherry to Copper State and many other fastener companies. And along the way, of course, handling a multitude of different types of fasteners, giving him a very expansive Product knowledge combined with his logical and strategic support in handling his customers and principles. John became, in what I would call, and if you know the movie Dune, the Kwisatz Sadarak of the fastener world. So, what more can I say about that? John is the, the chosen fastener one. So, with that, it is my pleasure to introduce the Hall of Fame inductee and part time urban cowboy, my friend john walkman
8: thank you jamie for that most generous introduction and kind words jamie is a friend colleague and we have worked together closely for over three decades avk industrial products was one of our first lines when we started our rep agency and remains one of our premier principles thanks to morgan wilson and the folks at the international fastener expo ife for honoring me and continuing the Fastener Hall of Fame tradition started by Mike McGuire and Jim Bannister. Special thanks to the Fastener Industry Coalition for their assisting IFE in both the Hall of Fame and Young Fastener Professional Programs. I have been blessed to be born in the greatest country in the history of the world. Then again, blessed to have had loving parents that set me on the right path. We often joke about the rigors of a Catholic education, but from here, looking back, I was again most blessed. My biggest blessings are my bride of 37 years and love of my life, Monica, aka Mo, and my daughter, Ashley. Both are incredibly special people and make me proud every day. They have quietly and patiently endured my life of too much travel, too many meetings, and long-winded phone calls. I made that choice to further my career, but at this point, I do have many second thoughts. The honor of being inducted into the Fastener Hall of Fame was totally unexpected. I entered the fastener business over 35 years ago to get a job and feed my family. It has done that and much, much more. I have reached a level of success and comfort way beyond any of my early expectations. My travels have taken me to most every area of these great United States. Many and various non-disclosure agreements will not let me mention company by name, but if it rolls, flies, floats, and more, I have likely visited them. Plant visits are always the best parts of my days. Solutions to problems or value-added selling has been my chosen specialty. The sights, sounds, and smells of the factory floor have always delighted me. The fastener business has become my second family. Bob Lehman always reminded us the fastener business is a people business. Tiger Woods offers that to grow and learn, we need to play with people who are better than us. This was the plan I followed. I have had the pleasure to work with many of the legends in the fastener business. They have all helped me in one way or another, and I humbly thank them all. Projects I have worked on included snowmobiles with Wynn Adams, HAG equipment with Ed McElhon, electric vehicles with Tim Marzano, and mobile refrigeration units with Russ Dorn. The most life-changing project was in 1989, working with Martin Calfi on what ended up being a 10-year VMI program supplying fasteners used to manufacture automobile airbags. Martin took a chance and moved me to Arizona. Our VMI program was very, very successful. And then there were the horses. Mo and I fell in love with these special gifts from God and spent much of the last 30 years exploring the beautiful vistas of Arizona on horseback. Sir Winston Churchill penned, there's something about the outside of a horse that is good for the inside of a man. I cannot explain how true this is, but it is true. We don't ride that much now, but there are three horses in the barn, five rescued Australian shepherd dogs, plus three cats running about the house. We are a mile from a paved road, enjoy the peace and tranquility of the high Sonoran desert of Scottsdale, although frequently interrupted by cell phones and high speed internet. I have had the fortune to work for fastener manufacturing companies, distributors, importers, and lastly, as the founder of a manufacturer's rep agency, which we started in 2001. Desert Distribution Sales represents engineered fastener and component suppliers. Our focus is solutions to problems and adding value to the supply chain. Beth Van Zandt and Joe Morris joined our agency, and we have grown to add the Rocky Mountains to our Southwest Territory. Both are seasoned industry veterans and brought tremendous experience and value to our agency and the great companies we represent. In 2008, I helped launch the Fastener Training Institute. I was the first president and now serve as managing director. Beth, Joe, and I are part of the team that manages FTI under the direction of a board of directors comprised of vineyard fastener industry executives. FTI is a registered 501c6 nonprofit created to fill the void in education about all things fasteners. I will take this opportunity to express my sincere thanks to all who have made FTI a success. FTI is your training platform. We still need your help and support. Please consider attending or sponsoring a class. The time will come again in 2021 to meet at the IFE Expo in Las Vegas. I got to go now as I have a Zoom meeting in five minutes. Then
4: it will be time to feed the critters. God bless and be well. Congratulations again, John. Tim O'Keefe is a maverick in this industry and in life. Take a listen to episode 126 of Fully Threaded to hear the background story on Tim's GL Hewitt. It explains a lot of reasons he's here today as our honoree. And he's opted to buck the tradition of having a colleague make an introduction. So I'll just say, congratulations again, Tim.
10: The stage is all yours. Thanks to the IFE and uh, the Faster Industry Coalition for this Hall of Fame induction. Uh, I'm I'm extremely honored. I'm very, very humbled and uh, somewhat speechless, but I have some people I want to thank. I want to thank Mike McGuire, who was that I think nominated me, and I appreciate that, Mike, and uh, appreciate your thought leadership in the industry. I want to congratulate fellow inductee John Walkman from Desert Distribution and the Faster Training Institute. Um, it's probably only appropriate that John and I are going at the same time because maybe the group thought that I was going to carry John's luggage because that's about relationship to the contribution that John's made uh, compared to myself. Uh, I'm, I'm very humbled and uh, have not done nearly what uh, John has done in the industry. Um, I am speaking to you from where this all started. Uh, this is what we refer to at GL Hewitt is the Tin Shed. Uh, this is the place that my wife and I purchased back in uh, 1992, 28 years ago, almost right now. Um, and this was quite an adventure. Uh, you know, I used to write these uh, slogans around on the walls to kind of try to keep people focused uh, through this wall. Uh, was uh, an unheated, unair conditioned warehouse, so we had to put fingerless gloves on in the winter to go outside there and uh, pick orders. Uh, Everything was done. All the invoicing was hand-done on a Smith-Corona typewriter. I recall uh, memorizing many uh, of the industry's uh, leaders, distribution leaders, uh, their shipping addresses, billing addresses, because each one was hand-individually typed. So we've come a long ways, and there's some people that really have helped me in the journey. Uh, I want to thank Hall of Famer Ed McElhahn, who's uh, probably the best salesman i ever met and he taught me it's sometimes better to be nice than right. I want to thank Hall of Famer Bruce Wheeler. Bruce is probably the most commonsensical person I've ever met, extremely sensible and whenever I need to be grounded into just basic logic, uh, Bruce is the person I call. I want to thank Hall of Famer Bill Derry, Bill taught me a lot about uh, changing my leadership ways. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that later, and he's also instrumental in our uh, profit-sharing design at GL Hewitt. I want to thank Faster Professional of the Year, Don Novak, who's now retired formerly from Falcon Fasting Systems. Don taught me to pay attention to the numbers and the financials. I also want to thank Bob Hahn. Uh, Bob is the person that we purchased GL Hewitt from. He taught me to conserve cash, watch cash, was also just in general a mentor. And uh, I recall a few years back, uh, maybe longer than what I care to admit, uh, him having my son Jimmy on a fork, uh, forklift out here in the Brick Street. So he was a great guy. And then finally my dad, who taught me to be a philosophical type person in business, to always be thinking about things. I want to thank some suppliers, Craig and Jonathan Slash from Rotoclip, uh, Mike Lentini and Jeff Cole from Spiral. Uh, Bill Seleski from A. Raymond Tenderman and the Tenderman folks, Jamie Lawrence of ABK, uh, Duran Baumy, Alan and Virginia Wong, and then Jenny Pilsner and now, uh, I guess, retired Jerry DeWitts from ITW ShakeProof. I also want to thank Chuck Smith of AZ Lifting Hardware and Roger Stefanski of Precision Specialties. Those are a couple of companies we've purchased in the last few years, and I hope that we've treated them well. And we've certainly extended uh, the business, and and we're very pleased to have worked with them and uh, looked forward to working with more such folks. I also want to extend a very special thank you to my fellow members or former members of the Faster Advisory Board, uh, Ron Stanley of Empire Bolt and Screw, Mark Shannon of Tower Fasteners, uh, Jim Ritz of AIS, which I hope soon to be Dr. Jim Ritz, Giovanni Cespedes of Falcon Fastening Systems, Doug Ruggles of Martin Industrial, Nick Ritz of AISMSC, Matt Goldberg of Accurate Manufactured Parts Group, and then Adam Pratt from Shurex, uh, all very, very instrumental. And, and really, for me in my career, uh, there was an inflection point. Now, this wasn't just an easy linear journey, but there was an inflection point back in the 2000, probably six 2008 timeframe, when the Fab members really were really gave me a lot of direct advice and. I really had to kind of change my ways as a manager. Um, I had to learn to lead instead of telling. You had to learn to stimulate and influence as opposed to being a boss. I had to learn to be more self-aware in terms of how people are reacting to me and how I'm reacting to them to be a better communicator. And I also had to learn how to focus so that uh, I'm always kind of a person of ideas. And sometimes that can be overwhelming to people and you do a lot of things halfway instead of a couple of things really well. And so from that, I feel like we've emerged as a professionally managed company. I'm very thankful to my executive team, Dan Harriger, Sarah Sennett, and Scott Longfellow, as well as all of the associates and, and, and employees of GL Hewitt. This is a team award, and uh, I hope that everyone at GL Hewitt is honored uh, as well. There is a legacy that uh, I hope that we uh, w- are working on and continue to, to leave In the industry, this is an industry that has a lot of channel conflict between manufacturers and distributors. Um, There's a conflict over safety stock. There's conflict over the customer relationship. uh, And sometimes I think that uh, the value to the actual end user can be, to a certain extent, compromised by that conflict. And so our legacy that we're trying to leave is we want to try to influence the channel to deliver value. And so there's a few things that, that we you know, have our attention that we want to continue to work on. One is how much safety stock should there be in the supply chain and where should it be? The second thing is can we reduce the time it takes to transact so that the costs of procurement are lowered? Can we reduce the number of vendors? The more vendors, more vendor relationships, the more invoices, pack lists that distributors have to have, uh, the higher the cost. Uh, can we influence and improve design and fit, form, and function, uh, assembly, cost, those sorts of things? Those are all things really important to us. And so I think you know, there are some archaeological, if you will, artifacts that we've left upon the industry. Uh, we have a field sales force that's the highest trained in the industry and uh, is also a, a, what we were one of the few companies that has a direct sales force. Uh, we have a superior customer service experience. We time all of our quotes train all of our teams. We have inside sales engineering to support those solutions that we do. We have a robust e-commerce site. And then we do a lot of data-driven decision-making and are working a lot on data analytics. And so there's there's smaller things like free material test reports, the pack list that can change your life, and the IQ quoting tools that we have for our lifting hardware. So these are all things are important. But when it gets down to it, the most important legacy that we want to leave Is the community and this really gets back to you know the burden that this imposes upon me and upon our organization so we really really do want to give back and so as we move forward and we want to continue to give back in in the form of new ideas but more importantly I'd like to give back professionally and personally and so if any of you need help you want to call me in the middle of the night anything like that at all I'm happy to help. I'm happy to consult. I'm burdened by this and and, and obliged, and I I want to try to continue that community building. Finally, I want to thank my family. I want to thank my five kids, uh, my oldest son, Jimmy, uh, Emily, my daughter, uh, my son, Tommy, uh, Tommy O'Keefe, Spotify, now over 200,000 plays. So if you're interested in some good music, check him out. My daughter, Mary Grace, uh, my son, John, And then my wife, you know, my wife has really been my soulmate and, you know, she really brings the love, our culture of love that we have at G.L. Hewitt and uh, has been a big influence on the business in an indirect way. And so uh, I want to leave you with a line from a poem that I gave Carol, my wife, when I proposed to her for marriage. Uh, It's from uh, the poet Dylan Thomas. And it's, it goes like this. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of light. And so as we move forward and as you move forward in the faster industry, I want to encourage you to always chase the light. And remember, you only have one time on this earth to make a change, to make an influence. And so don't blow the opportunity. I thank everyone once again, and God bless.
4: Solution man, Ken.
3: Solution man, you're my fastener hero.
4: Just doing my job, ma'am. S O
10: L U T I O N S O L U
11: T I O N. Solution industry, we are solution.
4: BTM Manufacturing is a domestic ISO 9001 manufacturer of threaded fasteners and bent wire products. From anchor bolts to studs to U-bolts, BTM is committed to making your per-print special with the highest quality standards while meeting your on-time delivery schedule. Since BTM began in 1961, this family-owned business has remained focused on providing exceptional service to their customers. Centrally located in Kansas City, Missouri, BTM recently expanded into a 100,000-square-foot facility which allows for the production and manufacture of many projects simultaneously, both large and small quantity. BTM's website at btm-mfg.com allows you to submit custom quotes quickly and easily, and once you do, a BTM team member will contact you as soon as possible to discuss your needs are you ready to get started btm is visit www.btm-mfg.com today
0: is your current distribution software taking your focus away from growing your business InSQL software delivers unparalleled power and ease of use which allows you to optimize your business and maximize your bottom line with InSQL, you don't have to settle for software that doesn't meet your needs. Our fully integrated ERP system was designed specifically for wholesalers, distributors, and industrial resellers. InSQL will simplify your everyday processes. To see how InSQL can transform your business,
4: INXSQL.com.
8: This is Leo Kaur, a distribu- uh, editor at Distributors Link Magazine, and you're listening to Fully Threaded Radio. Hey,
4: Brian. You know, the fastener industry isn't the only one who's doing these online virtual events. Well, it's true. I mean, everyone's trying to. Everyone has to. <laughs> <laughs> Face it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm looking at Fastener Technology International, October-November issue, and uh, see a story here, page 70, with most industry events canceled, the heat treatment industry met online, describes everything that went down over there. This was put on by an organization called Seco Warwick Group, which is Polish-based. Wow, it doesn't have a very Polish name. Okay. No, but the organizer is Keta Razina Zauka. No mistake in that one. No. Okay. Anyway, it sounds like it was a big success. It was an international event. People from all over the world participated, and it's covered in fastener technology, which is appropriate because this is the news segment of the show. We're back with you. And this segment is sponsored by Volt Industrial Plastics. Of course, the title sponsors of Fully Threaded Radio are Stellfast, Brighton Best International, and Gobel Fasteners. I've kind of settled on Gobel, Bry. After last episode, <laughs> I, I was going to say something, but I, I decided no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I think we should standardize on that one. I've I've run into it myself a few times, and I understand now Christian's problem with the global Gobel thing. So, yeah. I'm a Gobel guy now, even though it wasn't my initial preference. Well, you see, to me, it's not that hard to pronounce because I
5: lived in. You know, it's the O and E together, or the O with two dots, it's a problem. But I lived in Cologne, which I was called to them Köln, And so I know how, and I also worked in another Swedish place called Malmö, with an O with a thing crossed through it. An umlaut. No, it's not, uh, whatever they call it anyway. It's not called an umlaut. It, but anyway, the deal is I got used to those the different sounds, but I understand that if you don't, you're not used to it, you're muddled, muddled up by what that really is. See, I thought you were
4: going to say because
5: you lived in Texas. Well, I did, but I was <laughs> i was actually working in Germany and living in Texas at the same time. I flew back every month.
4: Yeah, I know. I can, I can <laughs> never keep track of your history, what particular continent you were on at any given moment. I don't, now I'm very, very static, sitting right in the Chicago suburbs. Lucky for us. <laughs> well, anyway, it's Gobel. Okay. And virtual events seems to be one of the themes, but another one of the themes today is awards. And as it turns out, Wi-Fi, the women in the fastener industry also announced a whole slew of awards. I know McNulty will shout this out, but we got to do it too, because some of our friends are among the recipients. Their woman of the year was Brighton Best International Digerati member, Rosa Hearn. (laughs) Right, who who we... Managed to speak to through the
5: IFE meet and greet early on. That was one of our first calls, Bob Bear
4: and uh, Rosa. Well, you you know they would be there, but uh, congratulations to Rosa on that honor. Saw that flying around Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah. And another one of our compadres, Jake Valdez Davis, picked up the Man Up Award, which is, I guess, the Wi-Fi's award for the coolest dude who helped them out during the year. Okay. I don't know if it had anything to do with U-Bolt Blend Coffee or it was just other general coolness that he exhibited over the year. Congratulations, Jake, on that one. Then the Hudson ladies, who are also responsible for, that's Hudson fasteners, who are also responsible for the fastener news desk, Chris and Lisa, they won the Women Business Owners Award from Wi-Fi. So friends of the podcast, Top to bottom, congratulations all. So it shows there's lots of benefits just other than just
5: the fascinating predominantly news and information about
4: fasteners to listening to Fully Threaded. It's just keep on coming, Brian. As they will in just a moment when Mike McNulty comes on with Alex Chasofsky of ITR Economics. Don't get down in the dumps, folks, at the end of the segment they put together today because Mike quizzes Alex on the ITR view of the upcoming depression that they've been predicting for many years. If you've caught any of their presentations, Alex brings us up to speed on some of their most recent thinking on that topic, which is interesting, juxtaposed against the wildly optimistic FDI. Right. Well, they've been forecasting depression for years. I mean, if you do that, at some stage, you are going to be right, okay? Well, they're a little more than just speculating on it. They have their reasons. Anyway, listen in, find out. Let's not dwell on it, okay? (laughs) Well, before we get to the news, I would
5: like to actually congratulate the um, Hall of Fame winners, people we know
4: well john walkman and tim o'keefe okay congratulations again men. it was really really well done and i'm so glad i had the chance to participate with you on your on your special day and it's always a special day when mike mcnulty's in the house so without further ado here's the fastener news report all right
6: Thanks, Brian and Eric. This is Mike McNulty from Fastener Technology International Magazine, bringing you the Fastener News Report, which is sponsored by Volt Industrial Plastics, makers of the world's finest plastic fasteners. The latest, quote, most important election of our lifetime, unquote, is now over and all levels of mainstream, local, and social media, as well as scores of woke elite corporations and institutions, are asserting their self-proclaimed authority and electoral instructions to everyday Americans, but I am still focused on fasteners and ready to deliver today's Fastener News Report. In this episode, ITR Senior Business Advisor Alex Trasowski joins us to reveal the latest results of the Fastener Distributor Index, also known as the FDI. Also in today's broadcast, we have our top story on Optimus, as well as newsmaker headlines from Worth Industry North America, the Marmon Fastener Group, Gobel Fasteners, AIS, Wesco, Bolton, and Field Fastener. On the back page report, we're going to talk about IFE's virtual match and meet event. We'll get to all of that and the latest FDI results right after this.
8: My name is Joseph Volchauer we got really good people. Work ethic, you know. You do a little uh, more than what you're getting paid for. You you know, I'm I'm a great believer in that. That's how you get ahead.
0: We are VOLT!
8: If you grow too fast, you can go broke real quick. And growing too slow is not as dangerous, but it's boring.
10: (laughs) We are VOLT!
8: We know how to build the tools, and if you don't have the tools, you can't do
4: anything. VOLT Industrial Plastics makers of the world's finest plastic fasteners. Parker Fasteners is your premier cold-heading manufacturer, forging the future with precision and quality as our top priority. When you think of domestically produced sockets and tamper-proof screws from alloy and stainless, including A286, think Parker Fasteners. Forge the future with Parker Fasteners. Visit Parker Fasteners online today at parkerfasteners.com.
1: At Worth, status quo isn't an option. Worth is a global supply chain solutions provider of fasteners, MRO, and safety products, along with value-added services like kitting and assembly, 3D printing, and engineering assistance. Find out what Worth can do for you
3: at worthindustry.com. You're listening to Mike McNulty's Fastener News Report on Fully Threaded Radio.
6: The Seasonally Adjusted Fastener Distributor Index for October 2020 was 56.5 versus 52.0 in September, a solid improvement and the second highest result for 2020. Fastener Distributor Index data is collected and analyzed by the FCH Sourcing Network and Baird. The FDI seeks to identify demand, pricing, and outlook trends within the American fastener distribution industry. We talked to ITR Senior Business Advisor, Alex Chasowski. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So you have the benefit of uh, talking on a time where things are moving in the the positive direction.
12: Yeah, it's certainly a nice change of pace relative to (laughs) the last time we spoke in the spring when things were kind of (laughs) disintegrating all around us. But I think uh, the index has picked up uh, essentially a broader context of economic recovery unfolding in the United States, and in particular, in the US industrial economy, we've seen the green shoots of this recovery emerge really since the summertime frame. And it certainly held true through the early fall period. And even with the latest data that we're paying attention to, everything that we're seeing, including our leading indicators, both the monthly and the weekly ones that give us kind of more of a pulse of the situation on the ground, indicate that that recovery should continue through the end of this year, and into 2021, as we've been expecting.
6: Well, that's good to hear. Um, I want to talk about the the sales number. Looking at the FDI report jumped to over sixty five and and the FLI, the forward looking indicator, also jumped up to its highest result in nearly three years, sixty four point five. Any any comments about that or is that kind of tie into what you're thinking in a broad or what you're hearing in a broad area?
12: Well, I think that it's really important to remind your listeners that you have to cut through the fear, the anxiety, and the noise that you're constantly being bombarded with in terms of the healthcare aspect of COVID 19. And remember that economic performance is really driven not by the cases or the deaths, as grim as that might sound. It's actually driven by how we react to the pandemic, which is do we continue to allow businesses to remain open? If we look back at the second quarter, we clearly have. A lot of evidence now that that, um, you know, contraction that we experienced that the, the, one of the most severe ones in history, by the way, on a short term basis, was largely a result of the shutdowns, the fact that businesses could not operate, and that most people were not leaving their homes. So I know that we're having some reversals in the reopening process right now, they seem to be concentrated in some key areas like restaurants, bars, and gyms, which are not going to have an impact on the ground for many industrial companies. And so we're very, very encouraged by the fact that there's this recognition that the contraction in the economy is really more related to the economic freeze that we self-imposed back in the April-May timeframe. And we're seeing very um, you know, re- reluctant governors and at, certainly at the federal level that we're not going to likely repeat that in the near term future. So try to separate that emotional reaction to the pandemic itself from what's going on on the ground. You know, we we see a lot of really positive developments, you know, in the leading indicators I mentioned earlier, things like the purchasing managers index, which is obviously a gauge of optimism when you look at it on a cyclical basis, continues to rise and points to a very sharp recovery from a rate of change basis. As we look towards 2021, we've got total industry capacity utilization rate, which is really a measure of how much of the existing capacity we're using to meet the current level of demand. That's continuing to rise a lot of very diverse and very pertinent leading indicators all point to uh, a continuation of that rising trend. So I think you've got to understand that the resiliency in the economy, the primarily as we look at it from a consumer perspective, that's providing a lot of underlying you know, foundational demand for many manufacturers. And that's why you're seeing these positive developments in your own Fasteners Distributors Index and some of the leading indicators that point to further upside momentum in that, uh, in that metric.
6: Well, that's uh, that's good news to hear all these other broader indicators going in the right direction as well. And I like your advice of uh, putting aside fear, anxiety, and noise. (laughs) That's definitely good advice for
12: any time. Absolutely. And I think... There's another angle to that in the sense that as you look forward, you have to remember that your goal as a business leader, as a decision maker, should be to remain half a business cycle ahead of your competition. And so, right now, your focus should be on thinking about 2021, expecting a positive year growth, certainly by the end of next year, and planning for that. Asking yourself, what do I need to have in place in my business to make sure that I can fully capitalize on that rising trend, separate myself from the competition, really establish some market share gains, attain new clients, and all the things that typically come along with that positive momentum in the economy that we're expecting for next year.
6: Yeah, that's good advice too. Now you mentioned looking forward and we we said that the FLI was the highest in three years. Also the six month outlook peaked. We had 72% of respondents saying they expect better business. Six months from now, 22 the same and only 6% expecting it to be worse. So that's you know, if you take the, the first two together, that's 94% is expecting the same or better six months from now, which takes us into, uh, uh, I guess, April, right? So that kind of ties into what you're saying.
12: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, obviously, you have to continue to monitor the events on the ground. We're watching for three key areas to make sure that that recovery trajectory remains on track. As long as we remain open as an economy, that should be very helpful. The second thing is continue to pay attention to those leading indicators. We provide that uh, look on our website, through our various social media channels, and through our trends report, which is the fundamental publication that we put out every month. And uh, again, everything we're seeing there is positive. And When we look at things like housing and retail sales, those barometers of of consumer activity, those are also very positive right now, but we need them to remain so, you know, in the absence of a second round of stimulus it's going to be very important to watch those things over the coming months to make sure that they don't get derailed. Um, Right now, everything we're seeing is positive, but certainly things could change.
6: Yeah, definitely. Now let's move on to the uh, the respondent commentary. And uh, you know, people when they fill out the survey have the chance to add their comments to the survey. It's also important to note that this survey was completed uh, before the election of November fourth. So we had one respondent indicated uh, the future is hinged on two things not in anyone's control: the general election and potential spikes in COVID globally, which we've discussed. And then uh, someone said, "I think the survey would be different if you held it uh, after the election." versus uh, holding it before the election. And uh, let's see, one comment suggests that demand continues to strengthen. Quote, uh, business is definitely improving and our expectations is to stay on growth pattern, but at a slower rate than what some industry economic sources are saying. I mean, that all sounds like reinforced with what you've been saying is uh, people will get into the next year more positive, I think.
12: I would agree, Um, in in particular on the COVID side, I would say that, uh, again, the focus needs to be on the allowing businesses, particularly manufacturing companies. Um, to remain open uh, despite what may be going on on the cases side. So far, that looks good. I do think it's worth mentioning that uh, on the election front, we're not actually going to be adjusting our forecast for 2021, regardless of who the official winner um, is declared whenever that happens, whether it's Joe Biden or President Trump gets another turn. Uh, we, we think that it's all about policy. So just declaring the result of the election uh, is, is not sufficient to change our outlook. We're going to be looking at policy. And I just want to remind the the audience that it takes significant amount of time for policy initiatives to actually uh, unfold and then actually impact the events on the ground as it pertains to economic activity. You only have to look back at 2016 to see this uh, exact thing playing out. So during the summer and fall period on the campaign trend, President Trump had a lot of major ticket items on his agenda he talked about healthcare reform immigration reform infrastructure trade taxes and it wasn't until almost 2 years later in at the end of 2017 that we saw the first major uh, actually piece of legislation in in the uh, tax reforms and jobs act get passed and it wasn't until mid 2018 that we saw that legislation affect the economy and the cycle on the ground by giving it an additional boost. So keep in mind, it takes time for these events to unfold. Uh, We do not think that there's going to be any significant changes uh, to 2021. So uh, when we focus on next year, it's much more about the leading indicator input, the data that we're looking at, the dynamics of the internal trends, as we call them, which means that rate of change interplay between the quarterly data and the annualized data. And so I would say that business decision makers and owners should be thinking, about the future in terms of, again, looking at what do they need to have in place, make sure they're investing in their people, investing in their business. I think actually right now is a very interesting time to look at some potential m a activity because there are some companies out there under severe distress that could be very accretive to future top line and bottom line growth. So leverage the low interest rate environment uh, if you don't want to spend your own money if you do have a nice cash hold take a look and see if there's any potential candidates out there because again you, what you don't want is to look back at this low point in the cycle with regret as you are experiencing that future growth you want to make sure that you're doing everything right now to capture that as much as possible.
6: don't want to miss the opportunity and uh, it's a good point that you know these changes to you know legislative changes take a long time. The only thing that can go quick quickly is, I guess this, you know, these executive orders, which the last few presidents have seemed to be fond of, <laughs> if they can do anything on the yes, that's those, true, those can go quicker <laughs> if they can do things on regulations one way or the other. Um, so uh, hopefully, there's not a lot of big changes in in regulations that have uh, uh, you know a damaging effect.
12: Well I think that the the most concerning of the legislative initiatives that Joe Biden has put forth so far has obviously been the the tax proposal that that's what I hear most business leaders uh, worry about. And I just have to, again, remind people that it's going to take a flipping of the Senate as well as Joe Biden being officially declared as our next president. And at this point, you know, it's a, obviously a toss up. The Georgia uh, uh, runoffs in late January are going to be a determining factor of that. But again, as you can see, you know, these considerations that Joe Biden's going to change taxes on day one are largely unfounded. It's not going to happen that way. So I think that the executive orders that are possible are much more targeted and smaller scale in their implications. Um, and I haven't seen anything out there right now that would be concerning from an outlook perspective.
6: Yeah. And as a good reminder, you know, to change tax law, which are laws, you know, you have to do it in the legislative branch and it has to pass both the House and the Senate, and then it has to be signed into the law. And I, I could see some some Democrats and, you know, if, if this is all hypothetical, but some gr- Democrats saying, hey, let's not increase taxes right now because, you know, we're recovering from the pandemic. (laughs) So as you point out, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. And there's, it's not guaranteed that it it ever happens. That's right. Certain things. Okay. Um, Let's move on. Anything else? I know you had mentioned the PMI and some other indicators. Do you guys track any uh, or hearing anything from, you know, distributors in general, anything to report there?
12: So I can only give you the perspective of the clients that I talk to on a regular basis. You know, we do individual one-on-one consulting with companies where we provide them with a three-year outlook for their top line revenue or their profit margin or their unit volume shipments. And uh, again, all of the signs that I've seen, all of the monthly data that's come in through October has been very encouraging. It kind of corroborates what we're seeing in the leading indicators, which is there's incremental increases happening in the monthly data off of a low seen in that second quarter. Um, The the math of it basically functions in a way that because we're doing our comparisons year over year, that means that the low point in the industrial economy is going to happen early next year in Q1. And then starting in Q2, you should start to see that business cycle rise. So everything we're seeing on a company basis, including, you know, these are not specifically uh, uh, distributors of uh, fasteners or manufacturers of fasteners, but large public companies that I track, uh, companies like Caterpillar, John Deere, and, and other industrial industrial powerhouses, Rockwell Automation, they're certainly seeing the same kind of trends play out. So I'm very encouraged by what I'm seeing in the company data, as well as in the more macro and microeconomic data.
6: Hmm. Yeah. And fasteners are definitely tied into all of those things. So that's good to hear. All right. Before we close out, is uh, how's everything going at ITR?
12: Everything is going great. You know, We are busier than we've ever been before. I've done more presentations this quarter than I did in the first three quarters of the year combined. So if that's <laughs> a leading indicator of economic activity, I think it's pointing in a very positive direction. Um, you know, We just wanna make sure that everybody knows we're here to support you. We put out a lot of free content all the time, again, on our social media channels. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. My personal Twitter handle, I'll throw this out there, at H Osofsky that were again, blog posts, opinion pieces, podcasts, and, and videos all the time designed to keep you informed, help you cut through that noise and and help you be the data driven decision maker that you need to be right now. So if there's anything at all, we can help you with, please reach out to us. We're here to support you.
6: Yeah. I'll remind the listener. I've seen, you know, I've seen your, your presentations and some of your colleagues and you guys are always do a, do a great job. And I like that you cut through the, the baloney and the, uh, the noise and the, you know, the, the trending things, and you, you base it on facts and logic and uh, restraint. <laughs> now, I, I can't let you go without asking you know, there's been, you know, you guys have talked about, uh, maybe not you in particular, but from ITR have talked about the potential of the coming depression in 2030. Is that still uh, something you guys are expecting to happen, or do you think it might come sooner because of all of this money we've spent in uh, 2020?
12: You know, we've got a great deal of questions in this subject. So we've done a a very thorough analysis. And essentially, the messaging remains the same. We are more convinced that that is an outcome in our uh, longer term future, we still think it's a function of the 2030s. In the near term, the next three to five years, I think everything on the government's part is going to be very conducive and supportive of making sure the economy gets back on solid footing. So we're not seeing increases in interest rates, we're not seeing cutbacks in spending at the government level. Longer term, it becomes a question of are investors, both foreign and domestic, both individual and institutional, continuing and are willing to lend the u s money and we think that that remains um, certainly a affirmative because we still remain the best looking dog in the in the yeah. pound, if you will, <laughs> relative to the interest rates that we 're offering compared to Europe or to Japan, the the other safe havens of the world, most of them are at zero or negative on the US 10 year treasury bond, you can still get about uh, three quarters of a point right now. So I think money will continue to flow in the United States as we remain a haven for the world. Um, There's obviously going to be ups and downs over the the timeline. We're not saying that it's just a rosy nonstop growth for the next 10 years, but we think that the Great Depression that we've been talking about remains relegated to the 2030s. And we're we're, we're developing some tools that are going to allow us to see the the signs of that happening. Um, For instance, we're certainly going to be watching inflation. Uh, As you mentioned, there's been a lot of money pumped into the system. And we think that down the road that will lead to higher inflationary pressures leading the Fed to raise interest rates to try to combat some of that inflation. So we're going to keep an eye out on that. But right now, we still think that it's a 2030s phenomenon rather than moving closer to our current timeline.
6: That's good. I mean, you know, a depression's not good, but that the fact that it's not moving closer in the rearview mirror or <laughs> on the horizon, that's good. And, uh, and I liked your- uh, That's right the two things that you used to describe the united states the best looking dog in the pound as well as a safe haven those are those are appropriate i think and uh, and comforting a little bit a little bit humorous too well excellent i'm
12: glad um, I, I just want to encourage people to not get bogged down in the weeds. I know it's hard to do right now. You know, your personal life might be disrupted and um, that, that might translate into some very negative outlook for your business um, life. And, and I would just say, you know, deep breaths, hang in there. We're going to get through it. We always have before. And I certainly encourage people to look forward to a much better 2021 than we had in 2020. We're, we're on that. On that path, and and I look forward to a much better year next year.
6: Great. Well, that's that's great advice and a great outlook. And I think uh, everybody welcome news for everybody to hear out in the fastener industry and uh, in the world in general. Thanks for joining us, and uh, it's always good to to hear your take on uh, on economics and and what's going on in the industry.
12: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike.
6: That was ITR Senior Business Advisor Alex Trasowski. The FDI number for October was 56.5 versus 52.0 the previous month. Visit FDISurvey.com to participate in the process and get a detailed PDF copy of Baird's monthly analysis. Now for today's top story. Optimus Solutions, a global manufacturer and distributor of industrial fasteners and supply chain solutions, has promoted its President of the Americas, Mark Stranquist, to the position of Chief Executive Officer. He succeeds newly elected Optimus Board Chair and AIP Operating Partner, T.J. Rosengarth. In his new role, Mark will oversee the planning and execution of the company's strategic plan for its two regional business groups, the Americas and International and he will continue to oversee the company's America's Business Unit. In that role, he has ignited revenue growth, service diversification, and technology advancements under his Manufacturing Solutions Strategy, which was launched earlier in 2020 to drive sourcing, operations, and service improvements across the USA, Canada, Mexico, and South America. Included in this plan was a new 30,400-square-foot facility in St. Louis, to handle the U.S. distribution of a new line of manufacturing consumable products focusing on PPE and MRO products. To hear more details on this story, check out Eric Dudas' special report with Optimus CEO Mark Stranquist, posted online at the end of October, and ready to listen to at FullyThreaded.com. Next up, today's Fastener Newsmaker headlines. In acquisition, expansion, and agreement news, Worth Industry North America, also known as WINNA, has acquired TechnaTool Incorporated. Tentex Plastics has joined the Marmon Fastener Group. Kimball Midwest has opened a larger distribution center in the Dallas, Texas area to serve customers in nine states. Gobel Fasteners has named AccuFast as a master distributor for Western Canada. G.L. Hewitt is now stocking DFARS-compliant Make-A-Key mill spec key stock. And All Integrated Solutions, also known as AIS, a division of MSC Industrial Supply, has expanded its distribution center in Atlanta, Georgia, with a new 800,000-square-foot facility. In personnel news, Wesco International appointed Akash Karana as its executive vice president and chief information and digital officer. Bolton has appointed Anna Ackerblad as its new chief financial officer. And Boomax of Sweden has named Lars Holm Managing Director, focusing on the international market, and Lennart Lofgren, Chief Operating Officer, focusing on operations in Sweden. In Milestones, Field Fastener is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. You can get details on all of these stories and more in Fastener Technology International Magazine and the Fastener News Report monthly newsletter, both available online and in print, and online editions can be seen at FastenerTech.com. Now let's turn to the back page to talk about IFE's Match and Meet virtual event. I was a late and somewhat reluctant registrant for IFE's first ever digital show called Match and Meet, but I am pleased to report that I am glad that I tuned in and enjoyed some excellent contact and content-making ability. IFE Show Management reports that over the two days of the virtual show, over 2,700 connections were made and over 6,700 messages were exchanged. The virtual platform featured hundreds of attendees for connecting to, dozens of exhibitors with lots of downloadable and viewable content, 10 informative conference sessions, and a virtual bash with trivia contest. Of all the interesting features of IFE's Match and Meet, my three favorite parts of the event were as follows. First, the women in the fastener industry, also known as Wi-Fi, recognized its 2020 award winners. Rosa Hearn from Brighton Investor International is the 2020 Woman of the Year. Chris Young and Lisa Kleinhandler from Product Genius, Hudson Fasteners, and the Fastener News Desk won the Wi-Fi Women in Business Award. And BTM Manufacturing, the founder and roasting partner of U-Bolt Blend Coffee, took home the 2020 Wi-Fi Man-Up Award for its support of women in the fastener industry. Second, I enjoyed the fastener manufacturing panel discussion hosted by Fully Threaded Radio host and FCH sourcing network partner Eric Dudas. The panel featured Charlie Kerr, CEO of Kerr Lakeside, Larry Kelly, Business Development Manager at Buckeye Fasteners Company, and Matthew Boyd, VP of Global Performance and Innovation at Parker Fasteners. The insight and experiences of these fastener makers throughout the 2020 pandemic year was informative and useful, and some entertaining non-fastener subjects were sprinkled into the mix, including beer drinking, grocery store navigation, and the economics of bicycle ownership and riding. And third on this list, but number one in my judgment, the awards ceremony announcing the 2020 Hall of Fame and Young Fastener Professional winners was excellent. The ceremony was also hosted by Eric Dudas, and congratulations are in order for Hall of Fame 2020 inductees John Walkman of Desert Distribution and Tim O'Keefe of G.L. Hewitt, as well as the winner of the Young Fastener Professional of the Year Award, Jesse Salt, also from G.L. Hewitt. I encourage you to watch and listen to the humble speeches made by these three winners. As I watched, I could feel the greatness of the American fastener industry, as well as the gratitude of the awardees delivered on locations from the two great states of Arizona and Kansas. Some points to listen for include John Walkman's Love of Horses, Meeting People at Fastener Plants, and the Sights, Sounds, and Smells of Factories, Tim O'Keefe's Poetry Reading, as well as his commitment to family, teamwork, legacy, and helping others, and Jessie Solt's Folding Chair, as well as the Pure Joy exhibited by her husband Ty and her co-workers on a windy day in Rock City Park in Minneapolis, Kansas. Visit FastenerShows.com to check out the platform which will remain online with on-demand conference viewing well into the year 2021. And finally, did you know that early presidential voting in the USA has been on a steady rise over the last three decades? Originally intended to accommodate people to vote when they were unable to get to their designated polling station on voting day, early voting was only 7% of all votes cast in 1992. Rising to 16% and 22%, in 2000 and 2004, respectively, eclipsing 30% when the USA's most famous community organizer came onto the scene in 2008, approaching 32% in 2012 and 37% in 2016, while exploding to 67% in this fear-mongering year of 2020. This trend, in my view, is not a good one, which should be resisted and rolled back, as it clearly exposes the perennial incompetence of many government groups, while opening many doors, not only to the appearance, but the actual commission of voter fraud, ballot harvesting, and voter coercion. All USA citizens have the right to vote in their respective local, state, and federal elections, but all rights come with responsibilities. And in the case of federal elections, these responsibilities include not only being able to show up to vote, if you don't have an illegitimate excuse, but understanding what is written in the U.S. Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, and all ratified amendments, as well as understanding the policy platforms of the political parties represented on the ballot. Otherwise, you might end up with millions of reckless and emotional votes for candidates that have built their governing plans on foundations that you may find horrifying. This has been Mike McNulty of Fastener Technology International, bringing you the Fastener News Report. Please send your news, pictures, comments, corrections, or complaints to me at McNulty at FastenerTech.com.
0: Bright Brighton Best, we continue to expand our wide range of products, including stainless steel and metric fasteners. Our family of brands include preferred, U.S. Anchor, and ironclad performance wear. BBI has been a trusted partner since 1925. With award-winning hand tools, gloves, and drywall screws, BBI is the largest master distributor of fasteners in the USA. Tested, tried, and true, we are Brighton Best. To learn more about Brighton Best, visit brightonbest.com. Since
6: 1905, Buckeye Fasteners and the Ohio Nut & Bolt Company have been supplying the world with high-quality fasteners. Our standard product lines include weld fasteners, graded weld screws, leg levelers, self-clinching hardware, clevis pins, rivet nuts, and various other fastener lines, allowing us to support virtually all types of industries. BuckeyeFasteners.com. Buckeye Fasteners, more than just weld.
7: Hello, everyone. This is Carmen Vertulo with your Fastener Training Minute coming to you from the Fastener Training Institute and AIM Testing Laboratory in beautiful El Cajon, California. And it is truly beautiful here today. I'm not going to tell you what's going on right now, but this is a pretty historical time we're living in, and uh, there's a lot of points being made out there right now. But I'm going to tell you about a different kind of point. This is the kind of point that we find on the end of a screw or bolt. And it's not a very pointy point, but it is a point, and the point has a point. And if you don't have the point, you're going to get the point. So when I come back, I'm going to tell you why the point on the end of a screw or bolt is very important.
4: Knowledge is the key to success in the fastener industry, and the Fastener Training Institute has the tools you need to succeed. From advanced to beginner's training courses, the Fastener Training Institute provides a wide variety of resources to boost your team's ability to operate at an elite level. Go to FastenerTraining.org to see the schedule of online and in-person classes coming up and reach out with any questions or requests for custom course materials. The Fastener Training Institute. FastenerTraining.org.
7: Welcome back, everybody. This is Carmen Bertullo with the Fastener Training Minute. Today, talking about a thing called point. It's a feature that we find on the end of hex cap screws and other types of externally threaded fasteners. And it has a very specific requirement, and it serves a very important function. Imagine a threaded fastener, externally threaded fastener, a bolt or screw. When you look at the end of it, it usually has what you would like to describe as a chamfer and that is the correct terminology, a chamfer. The standards refer to this chamfer as a point. And if we were to look at one of our more common standards for hex cap screws, ASME B18.2.1, for example, it has a very specific requirement for that point. And the reason is because if there is no point on the end of the bolt What could easily happen or the end of the screw, because as a matter of fact, bolts are not required to have the point, but screws are. If there is no point, the last thread on the end of the screw, it just wipes out to almost nothing. It can be almost as sharp as a razor blade. And that point is very vulnerable to damage. Therefore, if that last thread gets dinged or bent, it won't take the nut. And so if we put a little chamfer on the end of that, we keep that from happening. And especially with large bolts over half an inch, but even down to a quarter of an inch, if they bang around in a package or get dropped on that thread, it will bend. But this is what ASME B18.2.1 says about points in paragraph 2.4, I guess correctly called a section 2.4. Unless otherwise specified, bolts need not be pointed. So no points for bolts. Products designated as, as screws, with the exception of lag screws, we know what a lag screw is, already has a very pointy point, are required to have a chamfered point. IFI I note, chamfered point lengths should be not less than one, but not more than two thread pitches from the end of the screw the point diameter at the extreme end of the screw should be no greater than the minimum minor diameter of the screw's thread. Now, that's not part of the standard. That's just an IFI note because I'm reading this from the IFI version of the standard. It goes on to say, the chamfer angle may vary depending on the manufacturing process. When specified, the chamfer angle should be considered a reference dimension only. The presence of a point is to reduce the possibility of damage to the leading threads and promote ease of assembly with a tapped hole or nut. Point features not defined in a given product standard are at the discretion of the manufacturer. Now, if you were to look at a uh, manufacturing process for a cold formed part, That was a hex cap screw. You would see this progression as it goes through. And at one point in the process, point in the process, there's a very subtle change. That is, all of a sudden, before it goes to thread rolling, after it's been headed, after it's been extruded, after it's been maybe trimmed. I don't know. Trim maybe comes after pointing. I don't know. Someone would know that. But somewhere in there that there's a point put on the end of the screw, and that's generally done with a material removal process, such as some kind of a machining or a grinding. It could be done with forming, but it's generally done with material removal. And that also is more friendly to the thread rolling process. So, if we look at other inch standards, if uh, ASME B18.3 for socket screws, It has a very similar call out to this requirement. It's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. However, it does, as we know, uh, socket screws start at a very small size. So one of the get out of jail free cards, and this can get us into trouble, is that it's note eight from table one will tell us, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's got very similar stuff to what we just read, except it gives us the uh, requirement that Screw sizes up to and including size eight, the chamfer is optional. So below a number eight, you don't have to have the chamfer or what they call the point. And we have had issues with that in the past. What brings this up for me is we recently had a client who made a bucket load, large bucket load of long 3H24 socket head cap screws. They were eight or 10 inches long. Sent them to us. We tested them. They were fine. Sent them to the plater, got them back, got them to the customer. The customer rejected them because some of them would not take a nut. They sent them to us. They said, oh, inspect these threads. We inspected the threads. They were fine. However, we did notice that there was no point and some of the leading threads were damaged. So that was the issue there. Fortunately, those screws probably can be repaired. They're long, expensive screws. Be a hand operation to grind that point on. But we always want to have the point. I'm going to just go to one more, two more places, let's say. B18.2.6 structural bolting also requires a point. It's a much more defined point and a larger, deeper point than other bolting. And you would expect that because structural bolts are kind of used in a clunky, heavy, rough application. And then finally, if we go into our ISO, our metric standards, if we look at it, for example, ISO uh, 4762 for the socket head cap screws, it goes to another whole standard called ISO 4753, which has a list of all kinds of points in it. And in that standard, it says we should use a point called a chamfered point for sizes above M4 and for M4 and below, we can use as rolled, which means essentially no point. So again, the small screws in the ISO system don't require points above M4 does, and uh, their specific requirements are in ISO 4753. Well, I hope you got the point of this point. It's very important that threaded fasteners have a point, because without a point, you got no point. Well, this has been Carmen Virtulo with the Fastener Training Minute. Thanks for listening.
5: Hey mates, Brian Musker. Regardless of the required size, material or finish, Eurolink has the European resources to meet your demands for hard-to-find metric fasteners. We're the one-stop source for all of your metric needs, saving you time and money searching for these parts while fulfilling all of your requirements. How do we do it? Eurolink offers access to more than 100,000 quality C-class parts with the ability to solve your toughest metric fasteners supply issues every time. Hard-to-find metric fasteners? Delivered. Just think of us as your heavy metal rock stars. To learn more about how we can rock your world or request a hassle-free quote online, visit EurolinkFSS.com. That's EurolinkFSS.com.
3: Hi, this is Rob, Big Country Reynolds of n Software, coming to you from the 19th hole, and you are listening to Fully Threaded Radio.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Fully Threaded Radio, FTR, brought to you by the Young Fastener Professionals Association. Our teams here at YFP are taking over the airwaves today. Thank you so much, Eric and Brian, for having us on. Super excited to be here with my esteemed colleagues, Jesse Solt from GL Hewitt and London Penland from EuroLink Fastener Service and Supply. How you doing, my friends? Hey, Hey, what's up? hey ladies and gentlemen uh here with you live jake glazer from Shirex fastening solutions very happy to be uh manning the helm today with you folks
1: not to be confused with jake from state farm
2: certainly not to be confused with <laughs> jake from state farm because you will never see me in khakis because i don't own a pair of khakis okay but so you do
1: have the red shirt
2: you know, I do have the red shirt and, uh, not for nothing. I appreciate the comedic fodder. So anybody who wants to call me Jake from state farm, come on down. I'm fine with it. You're not going to scare <laughs> me.
9: I'll give you calls late at night. Jake and ask you what you're wearing. Please yeah. do. Please, do. Please <laughs> do. Make sure your wife's in the room. Want to just
2: be, just be, no, honey, it's, it's just, a, it's just a work call. You know? Um, very good. Um, well guys, before we hop in today, you know just for fun what's the tea what's going on anything fun anything different or interesting percolating through your areas
1: define interesting and different i mean my entire life revolves around interesting and different and random and
2: <laughs> well said okay i'll be more specific um you know, again, I, the, the expression that I've heard used is what's the T. So you'll pardon me for being new to this expression, but apparently what's the T just leads us right into what's been going on. And this is the gossip shared topic top. So my gosh, man, Tea from my side, um, I am in crazy weather patterns here. So I reside in Boulder, Colorado. Um, it's been a long roadmap to get me here, but I'm born and raised from Buffalo, New York, and that is actually where I started my career uh, with ShearX Fastening Solutions out of our headquartered facilities there. So, spent about a year, year and a half working from our Buffalo, New York offices. Uh, had the opportunity to move out to the West Coast to continue to support ShearX West Coast teams. So, lived in Sacramento, California, for around about four to five years. Uh, back in new york for the year of 19 and now i'm back out in colorado for the year of 20 literally arrived february 1st 2020 out here in colorado so i had all of the month of february prior to uh pandemic times to get settled but um yeah again tea from my side uh kind of new to the onset of winter temperature swings here in boulder you know i'm going from getting eight to ten inches of snow and 30 degrees up to 75 again and having it all melt away the next day um other than that today is one of the days where the sun is shining i've got bluebird skies out there super excited to get out this afternoon and go for a, a bit of a trail walk with my dog here so that's the tea from my side happy the sun's out happy to get out for an adventure
9: that sounds good, man. What about you, Jesse? What's the interesting thing going on these days?
1: Well, it's Kansas, so literally nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> How's the corn? It's coming to you live. It's a wheat field. Corn is wrapped up. I'm so sorry. I will
2: get it right.
3: How, yeah. <laughs> Have you
1: learned nothing? GL Right Jesse. in the middle of a wheat field? Come on.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Noth- literally nothing here. Plain, simple, business as usual.
9: Oh, no special awards or anything lately, huh?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
9: Oh yeah, yeah, no <laughs> it's
1: all, idea. It's all okay. quiet here at GL Hewitt.
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Jake, you want to drop it for then?
2: <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, no. That was a that was a super subtle segue into <laughs> drum roll, ladies and gentlemen, our <laughs> own former YFP president and current. Did you forget the word? Absolute apologies, guys. I had to stop my dog <laughs> from attacking a mailman.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was like um, so that for it. Did huh? die? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. There's a shout to you. That's an edit moment. Um, so, no, I'm so sorry. Jesse, our former past Preet and I, our former YFP president, Jesse Soltz, so excited was I to be able to share the news to you um, for your nomination and award of the Young Fastener Professional of the Year Honor this year, 2020. I don't know if you can hear it, but applause, applause, madam, and congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I honestly thought your call was a crank call when you told me.
2: So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suppose that makes sense because you asked me to repeat it like five times when I did say that you were the uh, the honorary award recipient. You're like, no, well, stop it. Do what? Do what?
1: What? So I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> You're breaking up on me.
2: Yeah. hmm
1: <laughs> Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> No, honestly, I was, uh, I was so thrilled to be able to pass forward the news. Um, so happy to be the friend who got to inform you of your award receipt, Jesse. So, you know, so well earned. Thanks so much to you and Barron and everything that our previous administrations at YFP have done to get our organization into the point where we are today. Um, you know, our new burgeoning partnership with NFDA, um, so many new things on the horizon for us. So a lot of it's thanks to you and uh, to the team's legwork before us. Job well done, madam, and an award well earned.
1: Thank you very much. And it was a lot of legwork to get us to where we were today, even when we were just merging with the NFDA. It was a long journey that is all for the good, all for the better, and should hopefully serve the industry from a much higher platform with better backing.
9: Yeah, I Absolutely. think we're already starting to see the benefits of that. You know, the resources, the NFDA. Uh, you know, being able to get like graphic work done, and you know, redoing a website and uh, other things like that. I think it will create some consistency for our organization for sure. So I do think it was a really good move. Uh, I do have to ask Jesse if the uh, if you have any advice for us moving forward, uh, what would it be?
1: Keep reaching out to all the people you don't think are interested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because no doesn't mean no. It just means not right now. You never know where other opportunities are going to be to develop or to further expand in the future. So just keep trying. That's what we did. That's how we got here. Just keep going.
2: Absolutely. So
9: what were some of your, uh, so just reflecting back on it, what was some of your, you know, now that you've got your YFP award and all, what was some of your fondest memories from uh, YFP?
1: I loved going to all of the events at shows, honestly, which, I mean, COVID came in and wrecking balled this year. But just like the, like the mixers and the learning events and the trivia and all sorts of fun events, just to get to intermingle with people closer to my age and that are not as tenured in the industry was just such great exposure and really opened up doors for connections that has actually helped me a lot in my position.
9: Yeah, I was about to ask, that was going to be my next question, but you kind of already hit it. Like, you know, what kind of value did you get from being a YFP board member and ultimately a YFP president? Um, I, I assume, obviously, with the, based on what you said and, and with the uh, award and all that you would say that it's really helped your, your career in the fastener industry, huh?
1: Absolutely. Um, from finding, uh, well, people that I can lean on when I don't know about a certain product type, whether it be like uh, with Baron, with the threading and all the bolts and nuts that he does so he can provide some insight. and GLU's partnership with Sherex, I can lean on Jake a lot and he can verify that
11: <laughs> for help with,
1: with products and stuff like that. But having that connection because people at work love it because there's like, what do I do with the Shirex thing at the, I couldn't get a hold of anybody at the New York office. So I go, hold that. I pick up my cell phone and I call Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know oh, the drill. Sucks. You can call me anytime. It doesn't matter as long as you're also there to say hello.
1: And that's, and that's what I do. <laughs> and I just get weird looks because when he picks up the phone, he'll he'll say his cute little opening, and I will tell him "Hello, sunshine," and everyone just kind of stares at me awkwardly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's good times. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that we're making the remainder of your bullpen uh, throw questioning looks your way on calls. So that's fun. Typically, <laughs> well, that's very cool, Jesse. Um, yeah, you know, I think you again, you really did hit it head on. Um, you know, for me personally. The networking and true relationship development opportunity that being a part of YFP has garnered for me is, is my favorite part. You know, again, London can attest to this, but truly, you know, this is, this is a family to me. Our association is a family and we are a community and and building that space together is so wonderful. Um, you know, I truly consider everyone that is on our board and in our, in our active member base to be a friend in addition to a colleague. Um, and we have offline conversations all across the way there's been so much team mentality focused around our association and and with everyone going above and beyond. So, you know, truly getting to meet all of our friends through YFP has been my favorite part. So that networking element is just so crucial. London and I really got to develop our working relationship with, um, you know, within the parameters of this year, getting our desired roadmap for what YFP can be outlined. And, um, you know, it's been great London and I'm, I'm nothing but appreciative. So that's been wonderful from my side.
9: Yeah. Yeah. No, it it definitely, uh, being able to form relationships with, with people around my age group, like Jesse had said, uh, you know, obviously in 2020 with everything being shut down, I think, uh, Jake, yo, yeah. You got to go to the, the March event, right. over in Long Beach.
2: Yes, sir. The last in person industry event that we were uh, all, well, that we were a part of out in Long Beach for the joint NFDA Pac West conference. Yeah.
9: Yeah. I know Mallory was there as well. Uh, I got to see you guys there for just a little bit. Uh, I wasn't feeling too great at that one. But the, uh, but yeah, man, I know they, um, coming back from that, I mean, we hadn't really got to see each other in person uh, at at all since then, but but we've definitely been doing everything, you know, virtually, staying on the phone, all that kind of thing. And And, uh, and still being able to build relationships that way. Um, I know that's helped me with my sales process, man, you know, doing the business development stuff and, uh, and being able to engage in those virtual meetings with you has, or not just with you, but with the whole team, I think has helped me be more comfortable, you know, using platforms like zoom and stuff like that. I don't know about you, man, but you know, we're all about the same age group. Uh, Jesse, were you ever into video games?
1: (laughs) Just okay first of all i don't like that you laughed at that jake secondly i i'm
2: only laughing because yes. <laughs> i'm using my gaming headphones as okay, we speak. see that's,
9: what, that's exactly my point right like yeah like see we a lot of us played video games online when we were growing up and stuff and so we would develop mm-hmm. friendships with people that we never met in person you know and I, I i don't think that's always been the case you know so i i like i think it's a uh it's a thing that I think our generation is keen to that, you know, we can develop these relationships, even if we are virtual. And so I think that's a good thing, especially in times like these. Obviously, we want to see each other in person and we look forward to being able to do that, hopefully in 2021. But, you know, we can it's it's a it's a nice time to be a millennial, I guess. There you go.
2: Yeah, And Jesse, again, I got to say I wasn't laughing at you because I'm hoping we can link up for some games. Jesse, what did you play?
1: Well, I didn't really do like online gaming. I'm using okay. air quest right now. Um yeah. so I'm I'm a terrible millennial. Let me just preface that. <laughs> um when I say I play video games, like I'm referring to my Super Nintendo that's hooked up yes. to my Q and TV okay. right now. Yes.
2: As it should be, Jesse.
1: <laughs> like that's the kind of life I live. But we I all want to see Call that pixelated Duty, Mario so... character
9: loud and proud. Come you on. said you do play Call of Duty or you left that one? I
1: did. I haven't played it yeah. for a few years because there was just like this one set that I really liked that had a good map on it. And mm-hmm. I can't get technical on it or anything like that. But I didn't do too bad. I had a pretty good... Uh,
9: Kill death ratio? Th-
1: yeah, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> to be. That's the word. There. See, KD. look, we're going to be dropping game terms. <laughs> there
9: you go. Yeah, yeah. Got to get that KD high, man.
2: I have uh, wasted way too much of my free time in this pandemic playing Call of Duty, for example. <laughs> um, super fun Battle Royale game where, again, it's it's one of the first cross-platform games I've been able to get on with my friends. So um, if you're playing computer, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever your medium, you're able to play cross-platform. So this is the first opportunity that I've had on a game to actually get my extended network together. So it's been a lot of fun. Um you know, again, from an engagement standpoint, you know, I'm chatting with my friends more about this silly game than at any other time, right? You know, it's either if if we're not, you know, football will bring us together and apparently Call of Duty is the, the only other one. <laughs> so anyway, so we're uh, we're having tons of fun with that. But again, I have burned a lot of my free time into this game and I am just abysmal. I cannot get it down. I don't know what the deal is. That KD that you were referring to, we're not even going to go there. It's just non-existent on my screen so
1: oh i'm not going to lie the only reason i was good is because i camped and sniped
9: hey there's something to be said for that all right a good sniper <laughs> <good. Yeah. laughs> is that your cell strategy too all right is the kind of sit back and pick them off as they come if that's applicable
1: <laughs> i guess i mean i mean like kind of like i decided I just that's how i just approach it i just like one at a time take them off slowly
9: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't had much time for video games these days. I've been doing a lot of like training and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I used to be big into Call of Duty and stuff like that. was back in college and all that. And uh, Yeah, I even did some Halo tournaments at one point. I was one of those guys.
2: <laughs> now that sounds fun.
9: So for those of you that don't know what Halo is, it's another shooting game. I'm sure everybody knows what Call of Duty. But <laughs> we might have some people listening that don't know Halo.
2: Yeah, pardon my silence there. I'm choking on a gulp full of water here, team. Do what? Oh no, I'm trying to find my voice again. Pardon me. Um, Jake's
1: dying, it's fine.
2: I'm just slowly dying. It's You're okay. Dying. Self-inflicted. Yeah, it's fine. Um
9: wonder how we get this conversation back to something.
2: Other it, <laughs> um, well, I got it. So, no, we've been talking about, you know, how about this, right? The year in review, man. I mean, we're here. We're th- halfway through November at this point, which doesn't even make sense to me. I can't, you know, the fact that we're here, it's it's just it's been a blur. I can't tell if time has gone faster than ever, slower than ever, what have you. But we're almost to the end of this year of twenty twenty. How are you guys doing?
1: I am just waiting for it to all reset and, like, normal to come back. I was really hoping that, like, Halloween, Saturday, full moon, and, mm-hmm. like, time change was going to, like, throw a wrench back into the time-space continuum and fix it all. <laughs> but that didn't happen.
2: <laughs> not enough voodoo for us on that night to get it back on track, huh?
1: Apparently not. This This year has just been a wild ride from... From a sales perspective, it started off as a normal year. We didn't experience our normal winter slowdown in 2019. Started the year off really strong. Everything looked promising, and then just like dominoes, like slowly, kind of creeping over, we started getting notifications that all of our overseas shipments were being delayed, and we're just like, okay, okay, and then boom, here it is, and everything is closing down, and it just turned into a whirlwind, and we slowed down there for a while, and we were getting by okay. I would say we had some medical supply companies that we were dealing with and stuff like that. So we were able to keep trucking, but the way that the waves of business have come and go has just been completely unpredictable.
11: Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah. I know that's something that I've talked about with, um, w- some of the recent meetings, I think it was one of the Pack West meetings. I pitched a uh, question out there that, uh, you know, if, How people were were trying to approach forecasting, Um, that even some of the best AI models and stuff like that, I mean, that they weren't able to make any solid predictions or any solid forecasting because it was just, you know, the AI used based on previous data. And so, there is no data to allow us to handle these, these unprecedented times. So, so it's really difficult to to forecast. I mean, I don't know, uh, because uh, over at GLU, you, you guys deal with OEMs direct, right?
1: We deal with just about everybody.
9: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would assume that, you know, with OEMs, like, there's been, like, a lot of OEM shutdowns and things like that. or uh, Or that have, you know, increased or decreased their production. And so... I would assume that it's difficult to forecast for those kind of predicaments.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you heard me when um, that question was initially raised. I just kind of let out a, a guffaw. But um, <laughs> the answer to that is, here's my gigantic crystal ball. Why don't you go ahead and give it a shake for a second and see what the picture tells you?
9: Yeah, um,
2: yeah. You know, going off the historical data model is 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 really, I mean, it's got to get thrown out the window this year. You know, um, yeah. it's it's really hard to plan. Based on history, when you have black swan events like this, um, because nothing nothing aligns, there is no parallel.
9: Well, we had multiple black swan events this year, true, you know, yeah, Absolutely. between the oil, what happened with the oil industry and
2: COVID, uh, and those two, happening... COVID election year,
9: yeah, uh, yeah,
2: Can we yeah. not
1: forget murder hornets,
2: murder <laughs> hornets, murder hornets, dude. Huh? Have you guys
1: seen
9: these, the new snake, uh, the, or not snake, the new, uh, the new worms, snake looking worms? The hammerhead worms? Have you guys heard no. about this? There's no. been one spotted in my area now. Like <laughs> dude these worms like eat other they're they're like huge they're like they can they can be like a couple feet long and they will eat other worms and they apparently are like an invasive species of course from another country and if you cut them in half oh. they will just grow into two worms like so you i can't am checking these you guys gotta, like,
2: out online right now these yeah, are some man. weird looking little bugs man dude, they
9: are yeah and they're not okay. even that little but if you see them you gotta smash them you gotta you okay just smash it yeah don't
2: yeah, yeah, don't don't cut them. Well, I know it's yeah. funny, right? But if this worm is eating the standard earthworm, that is actually like hugely beneficial for uh, you know everything we need and as far as egg yes. goes and all that, right? Um, yeah, that could be bad. So no, didn't uh, didn't hear about the hammerhead worm invasion. <laughs> so so <murder laughs> no, that
9: hornets. was a thing. Yeah, so like Jesse said, murder hornets. Now we've got sure. hammerhead worms. You know, mm-hmm. let's not forget just the the horrible way the year started when we lost Kobe Bryant, too. It's just oh my gosh, 2020, man. Jeez, those things weren't
2: correlated, but yeah. And you know what? To anyone listening, just forever, forever, when you throw up a wadded piece of paper into the trash can, yell Kobe. Because we have to keep that one
9: alive. <laughs> Kobe.
2: Mamba mentality, man. Every day you have that mamba <laughs> mentality, and that's how you get to where you are. Moonlighting on the FTR radio <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Again, so, you know, one or two events that have caused this year to be one of, one of, of <laughs> just one for the books, right? We'll put it that way. So, you know, kind of back to Maine, my, my main question was, how are you guys hanging? What are you currently doing? And how have you effectively kind of, I'll say, coped through these times? What have you done to ensure your general health and wellness? And are you paying attention in this time where we could be facing kind of peak burnout? And yes, I'm looking for tips. <laughs> yeah.
9: Yeah, I mean, I know I, I wouldn't be good for tips, man. I mean, it definitely hit me at some point. i had been working pretty hard, pretty long hours, pretty hard for a long, long time. Well, before I even came to Yearlink. And uh, yeah, it kind of caught up with me this year once the, mm-hmm. the whole pandemic thing, and you know, all hit. So I ended up taking a little bit of time off. Uh, I took a little bit of a, um, what do you call it, a sabbatical. You could say a short sabbatical. And then, uh, and during that time, man, I, I actually just threw, I didn't want to just sit there, do nothing. So I actually threw myself back into martial arts training. I used to do that a lot. Um, so I was training like five to nine hours a day between like strength training, speed training, agility training, and like in all different wow. forms of martial arts. I was training. Yeah. And so, so I'm actually, uh, even re- since I've been back to work for, so I was out for about a solid like six weeks there and uh which obviously not everybody can do right but you know uh coming back to work i've been back for like two two and a half months now um and i'm still training about like about two to five hours a day um i'm hoping to to get into some amateur uh mma fights and stuff like that here soon so no i guess just yeah i guess just having like a purpose outside of work that you know one thing i've read about a lot is that uh you look at the ceos of these companies and stuff like that and they often take their hobbies very seriously like they often invest a lot into it and they actually really get into it and and one that used to be a hobby of mine back in the day was was sparring and doing tournament fighting and stuff like that and so and i ha- i just let it go and uh, and I and that was just a part of myself I was missing that I wanted to get back to. So so I would just suggest for people that like you know taking and getting back to a hobby because I mean when it, when it's just all work all the time mm-hmm. it just you know yeah. was it was it? it they say it makes you dull it makes a well, yeah <laughs>
2: yeah yeah you're you're certainly <laughs> not the sharpest sword you could be right yeah um, yeah so I I just want to repeat your main message because it actually stood out to me and I wrote it down ensuring that you have a purpose outside of work. And finding your happiness there within that purpose. Very, very cool to me and very important. Minor tie in to what you're doing. Um, So I uh, wrestled all throughout high school and I was uh, a, we're section six where I'm from. So um, multiple years, I made it through sectionals and state qualifiers. So that was really cool. Um, But in my post-college life, um, one activity/hobby that I actually took on was classic French foil fencing. Believe oh, it or cool. not, yeah. team.
1: Are there pictures?
2: <laughs> um, I don't think that there are pictures because this was a uh, this was an outside enrichment group. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You don't get to see me in in full regalia. Sorry, Jess. But um, <laughs> so classic French foil fencing, super super cool. And you want to talk about an adrenaline kicker? You wait till you're lined up across from somebody holding the sword who wants to defeat you. You you will move in ways you never thought possible. It's it, oh, so yeah, it was super cool, super fun activity to do. And I made it through a six week training program and and got to I, I advanced to the level of intermediate uh, French foil, um, which enabled me to actually take on a, a tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I had the ability to do that. I I never pursued it beyond the course, though. But with the level I attained, I was able to actually start trial for tournaments. So that was cool.
9: Well, when we get together in person, we'll have to sword fight sometime,
2: man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I don't care. We'll find some sticks in the backyard or yeah, something. Ex- yeah, exactly. Well, I no, I've know. got
9: the sticks, man. We got the stuff. Yeah, we I got the stuff. The uh, because I trained the rodeo scream of Kali. so it's oh. a uh, so yeah. So I'll use dude, that Filipino, get those Kali sticks sword out, man. Fighting, we can yeah. we can make do. <laughs>
2: That is really cool. So you're doing weapons training in addition to body work, man.
9: Uh, yeah, that one's just for fun.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Are you kidding me?
9: <laughs> I mean, it's all for fun, but that one's a little, a little extra one. It actually also helps build good speed, hand-eye coordination, and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah. man. and also G- I do G. Kendo, which uh, Bruce Lee had, had developed, and that's actually uh, he actually did some um, fencing as well. And so some of the movements and stuff come from come from fencing. It's actually really good for striking.
2: Absolutely, man. That strike, that lunge technique. Yeah. hmm
1: Yep. I think we might have just formed an unofficial fight club because I actually used to practice Muay Thai.
2: Oh!
9: That's also oh, one of the forms that I practice. Yeah. Yo,
2: so look I out trade... for Jesse's elbows. That's all I've got to Jessie's say. Jesse's
9: elbows and knees. Don't forget them knees,
2: man. Yeah.
1: Yes. I got a mean elbow. I can cut with them.
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Don't mess with our Jess. Sharpen the blade. Um, <laughs> Sounds like Adesanya. Y'all know. I don't know if y'all
9: watch UFC, but Adesanya. Yeah. They call him the he is the boy. truth, man. Yeah, I love him watching him fight. He's just like, I'll cut you with these skinny arms too. Like- <laughs> yeah.
2: He is. That's Jesse. There he is cut incredible. Us. is incredible to watch but yeah well that is super cool yeah so i'm glad we're all jumping around in our uh uh different ways to to meet with that physical exertion we're all hoping for
9: so yfp has the unofficial fight club of the fastener industry now first rule
2: about fight club
9: is Is, contact we tell
2: everybody (laughs) (laughs) we tell everybody about fight club on FTR. we tell everybody about fight club (laughs) next meeting it's going to be Mel cravens and craig bay Going at it. Let's let's go. Let's go.
9: I wonder what Mallory trains. I'm sure it's something. Yeah, she's probably a jiu jitsu master or something. I,
2: I have no doubt. doubt. Mallory could be blindfolded and (laughs) away with all of us. It'll be fine.
1: I got, I got her pegged as like a sword thrower.
2: Sword thrower. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. well very cool. So, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna mess with any sort of lie or vacuumed out human mass, but other than that, I am certainly down for the YFP Fight Club vacuumed out human math.
1: yes i was i was processing that
2: (laughs) yeah did you did you put it together do i need tyler durden in here to uh to fully explain yeah oh gosh that scene where they're grabbing the you know what maybe not but the scene where they grab that waste product and it gets caught on a on a chain link fence and a barbed wire fence and, and spills all over them nightmares okay that is awful that was that was for me that was the roughest part to get through so the point
9: of this conversation was uh, <laughs> mental health <laughs> while <Wow.
2: laughs> the activities and methodologies that we are engaging in to ensure our mental health and well-being throughout this crazy year fight club right so yeah. but um, don't
9: watch fight club apparently no 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 don't watch, 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 watch fight club yeah.
2: that's our message yeah, so yeah. um yeah truly and again like the direct tie in is you know um physical activity and exertion is That's that's been my biggest form of of cope throughout all of this, I'll say. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm blessed and lucky to have my dog King with me, big 70 pound baby, nothing but mashed potato love. But um, he and I were going out and uh, trail running and hiking as much as we can, Um, just getting out. Being physically active is the biggest one for me. It doesn't matter the shape, you know, if it's shooting basketball by myself, hanging out or going out for walks with the dog, uh, movement is so important to me. And, you know, you kind of get that stir crazy locked in a box feeling after you've been in pandemic mode for a year. So um, just getting out there and, and really engaging is, is, my, is the biggest one for my side.
9: I know when I was working from home, man. I had to go. I would go for like maybe about a twenty-minute walk twice a day. You know, throughout the work. I mean, I would spread my workday about an hour back. Like so, instead of stopping at five, five thirty, or whatever, I'd stop at like six, six thirty. You know, but I'd go for like a couple twenty-minute walks during the day just to get outside and get my legs moving. I mean, it just helped me feel a lot better too.
1: I actually bought one of those fit boards, which is like a skateboard without wheels. Yeah. And that way, I could stand by my desk and be on the phone and just be like moving around nice. cause I got so tired of sitting in my corner all day
2: masterful multitasking do you do you do like balance exercises on it is it a balance board
1: yeah so it comes it's like a like a like a gentle u shape and you put your feet on both edges and it bounces on the center and then the point is oh. to just like swivel back and forth
2: cool 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 that's fun and what did you call it
1: a sit board Sit board. Fit mm. F is in faster.
2: Ah, yeah. fits board. Doesn't that make way more sense? I was like, I, well, you're not sitting on it. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, okay, sure. I've seen these. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so you've just got this posted right next to you in your, in your uh, work office.
1: I did for a while. We've been really amping up to go hiking, so we've been doing killer outdoor long mileage walks and such. So That's been our escape My husband's essential. He works in the warehouse in manufacturing at GL Hewitt. So we both have not stopped at all and have been going through this entire pandemic. So getting outside with him being inside the manufacturing and me being in the house all day, getting outside has been vital to us not losing our sanity.
2: Sure. And know you guys, you know, kind of coming from almost different directions there. Are you guys, does it mess with you at all when he just wants to hang and you want to go or kind of vice versa? Or are you guys hanging okay together?
1: We're pretty, we're pretty aligned on it. So it, it works out really well. But I mean, I guess that's just what happens over 10 years. You just kind of <laughs> become the same person. <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> Osmosis. Um,
1: it, it really is.
2: Yeah, that's funny. And I guess um, kind of the other thing that I you know, one of my fun hobbies is I, I do thoroughly love cooking and I love experimenting with food and making new food. And, um, you know, I'm certainly not actually much of a guy for a recipe. I actually kind of like creating uh free form, but I have just been cooking up a storm over here on my side. Um, so we've, we've turned out a number of really good meals here. So that's just kind of been the other thing, you know, in the house, turn on some music, have a dance party with your significant other, cook up a delicious meal for them, um, I think you're going to be okay, right? So, you know, with that work-life separation, that might be a problem for everyone right now when your work is directly in your home and there's no escape. Um, <clears throat> being able to just go into the kitchen, turn on some music, dance around and play, thats that's been a huge one for me. So, Jake, what kind of dancing do you do? Oh, my goodness. Um, I've been blessed with rhythm. I will pretend. So, I don't know if you actually rhythm. caught that. Okay. I don't know. I don't think I'm any great shakes at dancing or anything, but no, we just have fun. So, um, yeah, my girlfriend McKenna, she was actually a uh, classically trained dancer all throughout her uh, entire life. So, she's done wow. the full gambit, you know, contemporary jazz, tap, ballet, et cetera. Um, you know, she's a proper dancer, as I'll tell you, you know, an actual uh, qualified one. Um, I'm just out here, you know, moving to the rhythm, but we have fun, you know, we're just dancing around, you know, I don't know if it's Lizzo and she's got some fun, catchy music that (laughs) you can dance around to. Um, Oh, gosh. So um, what is his name? Leon Bridges. You're getting a shout out, my friend, because uh, boy, have you made dancing in the kitchen fun. But Leon Bridges, wonderful music to get a groove onto. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, we, you try to find the fun, right? And I guess that ties back into our theme here of how do you, you know, kind of cope with what's going on around you? You got to find the fun. And within that, you also have to be kind to yourself because this is all chaos. It's all crazy. It's all new. We're adapting. It's going to be okay. Just remember to be kind to yourself. Look for fun, and then truly find those creative outlets that are meaningful to you.
9: How about you, Jesse? Are you much of a dancer?
1: No, I don't dance. That's <gasps> a really bad idea. The, I've only had like one shining moment in dancing, and it's because I'm from the Midwest. Keep that in mind. I went to a wedding in uh, California, and Ooh. when it came, and when it like came on for like line dancing. I rocked that and like everybody was just like, yeah, because nobody else knew how to do it. So I was, Uh, I was a star there and that was about all I had.
2: Oh, I got this. We've been training since second grade. Uh,
1: (laughs) You joke, but in school in the Midwest, we have to do square dancing in music class or PE. So like, (laughs) it's a thing.
9: Yeah. She's literally trained since second grade. Like that's, that's
2: it. (laughs) Well, very good.
1: I've just been waiting for my moment for these things to like come in handy. It's like Pythagorean <laughs> theorem, like the things you learn in school, like when can I use this in real life?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. You wait till and, and, and you got to use it. And line dancing was a thing and you shined at a wedding. So there you go.
9: So do you use Pythagorean theorem anymore? I can't even say it, crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could use it for social distancing, right? To make sure that your process distance away <laughs> diagonally from people. I, don't know. <laughs> I used it
1: once. I have used it once in my career life to find the dimension of a party left off on a print. Nice. Ooh, that's
2: fun! Look at you. And that is
1: it, and it was. <laughs> I was so impressed with it. I sought out my high school algebra teacher to let him know that oh something he taught me goodness.
2: actually had actual handy. value.
1: <laughs> because other than heart. that, I know I know. London's teacher
2: heart just broke into yeah, a million my pieces, heart just
1: broke. <laughs> They told me that calculators wouldn't be readily available and
2: mm-hmm.
1: as yeah, I like lied. use my calculator all the time, I was mm-hmm. like had to let them know that. Mm-hmm. It really did come in handy, so I felt it was important to let them know.
2: <laughs> I've got a story for that. So when I was uh when I was younger, maybe second third grade, what have you you know, at home homework assignments, mathematics sheet, right? show your work division, 30 questions go. And, you know, I snuck down to my basement. I grabbed my parents' calculator. I was doing all of the equations. I did everything, everything, everything. I got all the answers, wrote it all down. It was great. Um, Parents asked me how my homework's going. Oh, Mom, I'm all done. Take a look. She looks at the sheet, eyes narrow, brings it closer to her face. Jacob, where's all of your work? Oh Mom, I had that on a piece of scrap paper. I and, and and we don't need to turn that in. Well, can you show it to me? Dun 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 <laughs> And that's when uh and that's when I had to come clean about the calculator up the sleeve. So um I forget what the whole point was, but I certainly got in trouble for using a calculator and yeah, they definitely lied about it not being handheld and ready in real life. So thanks.
9: Well we also have Google now, too, so that's great. Yeah. You know. Makes us sound a
2: lot smarter and, you know, than we normally are.
1: Does Google really make us sound smarter?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's no need to retain information. I just need to know how to find it.
9: You know. I guess it depends on how you use it. You know, my degree was research, so I always so mm-hmm. depends on how you use Google as to whether mm-hmm. or not it actually helps you.
1: Depends on if you use uh, Wikipedia or not. <laughs> <laughs>
9: So, Jesse, what are you doing for fun these days, aside from uh, some Nintendo and uh, <laughs> some line dancing uh, at that wedding
1: <laughs> <night>. <laughs> No, I'm telling you, we are big into hiking right now. We oh, hiking. Hiked is, ten,
9: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, we hike 10 miles on Saturday morning before 10 a.m.
9: Oh, yeah. When we were trying to schedule, you were saying that you were about to go do that. How was that?
1: It was good. We are testing all our gear. Uh, next week, we're going to Colorado to the Manitoua Incline, <gasps> and we're gonna what? we're gonna tackle that. Yes, uh, bucket list item for me is to kill the Manitoua Incline. So,
9: how far is that?
1: It is a about 0.75 mile length, but it goes um, it goes up two thousand feet of elevation in oh, that wow. short space. Yeah, so and like it's super all stairs. Steep. Yep, and Did then it's about 0. a three mile hike.
2: Five miles. Jeez. Yes, it's less than it a mile. It goes up 2,000. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, I'm trying to get game day ready out here for my 14ers as well. You, Because I'm in Colorado. I'm, I am I, I. don't think I've received an invitation for a climb. Oh, wait, pandemic. Um. <sighs> so, no, that's really good. Cool. When are you coming out this way?
1: Uh, we'll leave Thanksgiving morning and we're tackling the incline on Black Friday.
2: Well, that will be super, super fun.
9: See, I told you to watch out for those knees, man. She's working on the stairs and the mountains <laughs> seriously.
2: <laughs> seriously. No, that's fantastic. So so that's what your kind of your internal training has been to attack this summit, right? Like the the training that you and your husband have been doing is is focused for this Colorado trip.
1: Yes. We were actually going to do it in March, but then COVID came in and ruined everything. Sure. And so we decided that we, I wasn't going to not do it. So we just push it out. And so instead of like being able to do it in March when the weather is more fair, it's going to be like 50 degrees. Maybe I've been watching the weather really close. And so we're all cold gear prepared, ready to hopefully not die on the incline.
2: (laughs) Just remember, one of the things you haven't been able to prep for is the altitude. And it's a real thing.
1: Bro. So I bought canned oxygen. I'm not letting anything get in my way.
2: I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Okay, good, 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 good. Because that was no, no, no. That was just one of the thing. You know, just for expectation setting. I mean, you know, when I was first coming out here, I was out, out on work travel, and I'd be coming out, you know, for a week, week and a half at a time. And you know, I was all fine in the beginning, and then at the end of my week, I would just wake up. You know, you have a headache, you just don't feel well, slightly nauseous. That altitude sickness is a real thing. While you work to adjust to it, and well, yeah. Um, so just be careful. That was my thing. I just, you know, just be careful. Don't over push yourself, even though you know, you can do it because it's a, it's a, it's a real thing. It's just something to be paying attention to drink all the water. You can't drink enough water, drink more water.
1: That's what we drink about a gallon each a day, if not more. Okay. and right. so Maybe we are... you can drink
2: enough water if you're reaching <laughs> those superhuman levels.
1: So we are prepared with camel packs and canned oxygen. We are ready to. We're ready to take it on them. Like I said, I'm not you letting things stop lady. me. Best I don't you. let things get in my way. I usually just step over them. So,
9: see that's some <laughs> YFP of the of the uh, young pastor professional of the year award knowledge right there. That's how you get it right there. <laughs> you got to have that mentality, the Mamba mentality. Like
2: we just the said. Mamba, <gasps> and, heard, and we're yeah. back to yes. Kobe, baby. Yes, I know.
9: <laughs> Jesse has got the Mamba mentality. She is on it.
2: Honestly, <laughs> yeah. As does everybody within our association, right? Like, I mean, not for <laughs> nothing, we don't have time for anybody, but folks try to come in and bring their best every single day. So it's awesome. Mamba mentality reigns supreme, you know, and that's in all life facets. You know, nothing's owed to you. You, you got to work for everything you want. So go and take it, go and get it. The only barrier is you.
1: Exactly. So I think that's a perfect time to point out so to anybody listening who is not a member of the Young Fastener Professionals, or has wondered about the young YoungFestment Professionals, first of all, we are awesome and we are fun, (laughs) fun, fun people. Secondly, come check us out. It's a great group to find people to help you achieve your goals, mentorships, all that. You can learn a lot from these people and that you can, they can help build you up and help you find the drive to further your career in your own industry, in your own company. So I think it's really important that like the mentality that we all have has all brought us together. So if you're really hungry for it, you have to seek out other people like that. And then you put them together and then you're just going to continue to drive each other and build them up. So I think it's really important that anybody listening, young, old, male, female, whatever it may be, if you like have even like the slightest inclination of like, maybe I should be a part of the YFP, you should be, mm-hmm. come see what it's all about.
2: Well said, madam.
9: Very well said. That actually, might be a perfect closing statement. I don't know about you guys. What are y'all thinking?
2: Oh, man. As far as for closing statements, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been Fully Threaded Radio, FTR, brought to you by YFP, Young Fastener Professionals. London, Jesse, give your sign-offs. Take it away.
9: Hey, guys. Thank you very much. London Penland with EuroLink. Jesse, awesome closing statements there. And it's been a great time talking and hanging with you guys. I look forward to seeing you all in person very soon.
1: absolutely. it has been a pleasure Jake London uh, Jesse GL Hewitt here thank you all for coming out and listening to us Ramble me especially I appreciate all everyone that has reached out in regards to the award and all your kind words. so thank you so much to everybody. I really appreciate the nomination and all the praise that came from that so Listen, anybody listening i'm here for you if you need anything jesse G L Hewitt, you know where it's at
2: excellent and again just to give the sign off um ladies and gentlemen you are listening to fully threaded radio ftr as brought to you by the young fastener professional association yfp special shout out and thank you to brian and eric for having us on today this is jake glazer with Sheerex signing off everybody take care out there and be well
5: Global Fastness presents the GoLock Structural Interlocking Blind Rivet available in aluminum, steel and stainless steel with diameters 3 16th of an inch, quarter of an inch and 3 8 of an inch. The GoLock is one of the most versatile and common style of structural rivets on the market today. Paired with the AirPower 3 pneumatic tool this combination proves efficiently robust for truck and trailer applications where the need for heavy-duty fasteners is required. With its high-strength features, it is clear why the Golock is the best-performing
4: structural blind rivet in the market today. Global Fasteners. Quality the first time. GlobalFasteners.com. Andy Industries has been solving customers' toughest problems through innovative technologies, competitive pricing, and industry-leading service since 1955. A family-owned business, Andy Industries manufactures and applies fastener locking, bonding, sealing, masking, and assembling products. Andy Industries serves the global market with 13 divisions in the continental U.S. and also facilities in Taiwan, China, and Turkey. Learn more about N.D. Industries at our website at www.ndindustries.com. N.D. Industries, innovative technologies, competitive pricing, and industry-leading service. Contact N.D. today. Solution Man, Ken.
3: Solution Man, you're my fastener hero.
4: Just doing my job, ma'am.
10: SOW, UTIO, and UTIO. We are solution.
11: We are solution.
4: Stealth Customers Say It All. Travis Hermanson, Pacific Bolt Manufacturing
3: out of Vancouver, BC, Canada. I use Stealthfast as one of my main suppliers. They've been a consistent, great vendor of mine. I've used them for many years now. I've never had any issues. Uh, and whenever we are in the jam and we need to get skids and skids of products out the door out of the warehouse, Stealthfast jumps on it right away. Their pricing. <laughs> always very competitive, and they're always my first phone call. I'm a big supporter of StealthFast,
4: and uh, I continue to be one for
3: as long as I can.
4: For service you deserve and people you trust, it's StealthFast. This is George Hunt
12: III from Brighton Best International, and you're listening to Fully Threaded Radio.
4: Fastener Amigos, Brian and Eric, back with you. You know, Brian, when I was prepping Jake for his hosting role, I dropped a few suggestions on him and, uh, fortunately he ignored most of them, (laughs) (laughs) but I did think it would be funny if they tackled the issue of when to ask people to leave young fastener professionals. (laughs) Yeah. So you mean how, how old is young? Yeah, I mean, of course, I wasn't thinking about uh, everyone's favorite senior YFP member, Jake Davis, when I came up with that. You know, but uh, (laughs) it's an issue. I mean, uh, how do you? How how long do you stay in the thing? Yeah, especially you're only as old as you think you
5: are. So how does that work? Or you're only as young as you think you are.
4: I think YFP works on chronology, or maybe it's if you just keep paying your dues. I'm not sure. Well, they didn't tackle it, so I guess that sets up the perfect sequel. Right, as
5: I found out there's a new way of referring to that tricky problem that used to be called age. Now they call it birthdays, as I found out when I was having my eyes tested. Well you your problem is the number of birthdays you've had. Oh, I see. That's how they <laughs> sidestep
4: the actual issue of age. Oh brother. <laughs> it's a birthday, guy said it's a birthday problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we truly are in the age of New Speak. Welcome everyone. It's nineteen eighty four. <laughs> uh, well, as I said, it sets up a perfect sequel for the YF peers, and it was a lot of fun to have them on. I hope they'll return, and I think they will like to extend a thanks to Jesse Salt, our YF peer of the year, along with Jake Glazer of Shirex and London Penland of Eurolink. Yeah. Thanks and congratulations to our Hall of Famers right. for 2020. Cowboy John Walkman and Tim O'Keefe. Way to go guys. Mike McNulty had Alex Chasovsky with ITR Economics on the news report today. Thank you, gentlemen. And of course Carmen Vertulo made his point during the Fastener Training Minute. The title sponsors of Fully Threaded Radio are Stellfast. For service you deserve and people you trust, it's Stellfast. Brighton Best International. Tested, tried, true. Brighton Best and Gobel Fasteners, quality the first time. Fully Threaded is also sponsored by Buckeye Fasteners, BTM Manufacturing, Eurolink Fastener Supply Service, Fastener Technology International, in Software, ND Industries, Parker Fasteners, Solution Industries, Volt Industrial Plastics, and Worth Industry North America. Thanks one and all, and thanks for listening in. We look forward to hearing your comments and questions, suggestions for guests. The email address there, FTR at fullythreaded.com. And also, I'd like to remind you that, you know, you can catch up on
5: past issues (laughs) recordings of the Faster Training Minute in two different ways, either by going back and listening to the previous podcast, or if you go to FCH, click on the media button, you'll see there's a link that says... Faster Training Minute, and about 50 or 60 of these have been transcribed into audio, I mean, onto the, <laughs>
4: the text, so you can just read them. That's at fastenersclearinghouse.com. Right. Next episode, we're going to take a look at the situation with sea freight, which apparently is all jammed up right now, Brian, triggering some pretty noticeable price hikes. We'll also be talking to Larry Kelly of Buckeye Fasteners, and he's got some pretty big news about his future work situation. So, there's lots more that we have lining up for that, but those are two of the highlights. Don't miss it. Yeah. Finally, winding up today, Tim O'Keefe quoted Dylan Thomas during his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, and he spoke about the culture of love that his wife brings to his family and the G.L. Hewitt family. And you could tell he really feels that way about his team. And I thought there are lots of people in the fully threaded family who today are dealing with some very, very hard realities, and uh, they all need our love. And We all have to remind ourselves of that. I, I really admire Tim for doing that during his presentation, and I thought I'd borrow the idea and push it ahead a little bit with something that I think strikes the right chord about now. Bear with me if poetry isn't really your thing. Uh, There are several firsts on this episode today, Bry. Good. We can deal with it. This is a work by Rudyard Kipling. It's called If. Yep. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being light about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, Twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up, worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will Written a long time ago. And it rings true today. Hang in there, everybody. And thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you next time. And read up some poetry. We'll see you next time, folks. For Brian Musker, this is Eric Dudas. Get out there, sell some screws, hang tough, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: Threaded Radio is a production
3: of Fastner's Clearinghouse. Music provided by Audio Jake at Sherrick's
1: and Jill Cut that out.